Art is awesome. Martial arts are awesome. Let's take a journey to where they both are meet. Welcome to the Martial Artsy Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you for your time. Tune in to another episode of the Martial Artsy Podcast, where we try to dissect um, instances where people are into martial arts, as well as arts, and the confluence between the two, and try to extract things, uh, lessons that we can. Uh, my guests here today, um, if you know MMA, you know Anson Noy. If you don't know Insanoi, you don't know MMA. And we're just going to leave it like that. He's accomplished a lot in his time. Um, first fight was, not, what, 95? 95, yeah. Started the professional career in 1995. What were you doing in 1995? <laughs> were you alive in 1995? You know what I mean? So he's seen every, every, uh, every trend in MMA come and go. Um, he's, he's fought in pride. He was originally like the, the first, well, you were like the first heavyweight judo champion. Yes. Okay. And if you've watched any of the episodes of the martial arts podcast, you understand how much, uh, how important judo is to me <laughs> and my development and what I consider to be awesome coming up through this entire thing. So, um, uh, without any further ado or jibber jabber on the microphone, um, mm-hmm. please welcome uh, Instant in the Way. Right on, <laughs> right. all right. <laughs> um, first off, uh, I just want to talk about a little bit about um, some of the art influences that that uh, for me coming up, some of the things that were kind of like very influential for me were were uh, like samurai books like like the hagakure mm-hmm. the book of five rings yeah story of uh, miyamoto musashi mm-hmm. um and one of the things that stuck out in my mind developmentally was that if everything i think i, I i'm pretty sure i'm totally misquoting this but it's like um if everything is aggression then like you're not going to be that good of a martial artist. So mm-hmm. one of the things I've I've kind of gleaned was the fact that Miyoto Musashi was a renowned artist as well as probably one of the most awesome samurais like ever. Yeah, most accomplished. The best you know? ever, yeah. A philosopher, a writer, and you're pretty much a modern day example of that. Being <laughs> an artist <laughs> Having um, experience as uh, not only a, uh, a an actor, mm-hmm. you've, you've you've acted in things, which is great. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and with uh, with your B work and with uh, Destiny Forever bracelets, that's something that like um, myself, my dad was super duper into um, beads and bead work, and like oh, he was wow. super duper into it. That's like his thing. I have. Some of the last things that he's he gave me before he had issues with like his stroke and whatnot, yeah, were um, 
like beaded things that he'd put together. Wow. You know, like bracelets and like chains and things like well, that. Well, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So um, I definitely appreciate beat work. I definitely appreciate like um, the design and like the artistic side of that goes into that sourcing the beads, um, putting things together, um, making these individualized creations. And a lot, go, a lot goes into it. And like I just like one thoroughly appreciate that. Um, and then I also thoroughly appreciate that it's like something that's been, um, kind of like a re like, like, a like, I don't want to say like a reinvention, but like, it's definitely like a, a, a new and refreshing light. Um, it, it's not something that like I'd see, like you see, it's not like you see guys stopping fighting in the UFC and they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to take a beadwork, you know, it takes a really like strong balanced person to be able to do that and i just wanted to just just jibble jab on about that for <laughs> yeah I, I say i find it kind of interesting yeah because i never really thought about this until you're you're saying it right now and i'm yeah. thinking and right now i'm, I'm this, this thought popped into my mind about you know the the attributes of a samurai is loyalty integrity compassion yeah you know it's it's a compassion you know you figure like people think samurai is about cutting people and beating people up yeah right right and i guess to be a true samurai you need also that that soft side that compassion or maybe that art side where you're doing something not just aggressive but something real subtle yeah yeah and i almost feel like you see guys like maybe john jones or you know um these other fighters that are young that are only on the aggression thing yeah i almost feel like that's a that's a infant yeah in the world of becoming a true samurai right right i think it's uh, that that second in that that compassion side that that subtle side that i wonder if it's one of those things that i mean because following an example of miyamoto musashi which is probably the perfect example yeah i wonder if that's a complete circle of a martial artist a samurai yeah, to have that and to not not commenting myself, but fuck, maybe I'm on the right track. You know, it's I like, think so. It's so, so awesome because like yeah. I had that aggression, and then now I'm more subdued, and now I'm also into that that bead work now. Yeah, I find um, Ensign's in town because he's he did a seminar here at the arena seminar and belt promotion, um, and one of the things that I find uh, unique and refreshing about your your seminars is um, you give a lot of philosophy. Yeah, I try to. It's a lot of philosophy. And it's like, it's something that's lacking, I feel like, a lot in martial arts now, is Mm -hmm. that that imparting of a philosophy that helps govern those first principles, that helps govern your decision-making process, that helps make you a better person as you you move along the path and make Mm -hmm. stronger decisions, strengthen your spirit you know mm-hmm. um another thing that i noticed i've always had had this kind of notion because i grew up um training primarily with egan egan mm-hmm. Inouye, mm-hmm. his brother mm-hmm. and alongside um barrett yoshida and then i eventually found followed barrett out here to california one of the things that um i've noticed along the way is that uh they always say like you can't necessarily teach heart you know, mm-hmm. but from my experience, I don't think that's true. I think you can. I think sometimes in some situations, the juice may not be worth the squeeze, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, I've always found that um, 
just through the philosophy and the guidance, um, just in like the decision making process, you can, you, you may not be able to completely like, like, uh, like the cowardly lion, like mm-hmm. impart a heart into somebody, but you can help them find the heart that they do have. I think a good way to, to define that, you can't teach heart, right? but you can mold a heart. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes when you reach the, if you, if you, if you consider molding a, a heart in, from a piece of clay, yeah. sometimes if you can get the clay early enough before it went into the kiln, yeah. I think you can teach heart. Right, right, right. But I think in some instances where the guy's been raised in a certain way yeah. for, say, 20 years, yeah. 30 years, yeah. and then you meet him. Yeah. And his, his clay's already been in the kiln. Yeah, yeah. It's a solid clay piece. Yeah, yeah. Try mold that. Yeah. So, so hard. So I believe sometimes it. there is, it, in a way it is true yeah. that you can't teach heart. Right. But there, but there is, I believe you actually can. I think you can get a little five-year-old that's raised as a, as a, as a really weak person and, a, and a, a real prissy person. Right, right. And if you take him into your hands and they, and you, I, I, like I said, I don't like to say teach because you're not just telling them, you're showing them. Right, right. And when they're in an experience, you're, you're helping them get through the hard time by talking to them and yeah. expressing and letting them understand a mindset to think. Right. I think it's an always of like molding. So yeah. if you, yeah, it's a little nitty gritty and teach and mold, but I'd be like, I never did think you could teach hard either. Yeah. I mean, I always thought, yeah, you can't teach hard, but now that the way you word it now, yeah, yeah you actually could. I yeah. think you could. It, it depends when you get that piece. Yeah. If you get it too late, I yeah. think it might be really hard to actually teach. Yeah. I mean, or show, yeah. It's, I mean, like, <laughs> more like, 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 iron. you know, like, there's so many different, like, uh, parallels to, like, like blacksmithing, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. like you have to heat it up. You got to heat uh, the metal up, you know? Yeah, yeah. And sometimes, like, sometimes you got, like, the heat that's required might be too hot for what it is that you're trying to mold, you know? It's it like might destroy sauce. it. Yeah. yeah. If you do it at the wrong <laughs> and you pound it at the wrong temperature, you'll break it. Right. Exactly. So that way, if, you, if you're trying metal. to mold, yeah. <laughs> Don't pound cold. Well, metal. even like that that piece of clay, you're trying to mold it and make it make mold the hard on it. Yeah. You might break the piece break because the you piece. might be molding too hard. Yeah? Too hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. interesting. And you know, you know, like my seminars. Um, the reason I'm glad you know that people are enjoying the philosophy because, for me, one. I'm not a fighter that's known for being like John Jones undefeated. Right, right. So I'm not like the perfect fighter. Yeah. But I am a fighter that has a perfect record on never being broken. Right, right. So I feel if I have anything to offer to the people more than my technique or or, or anything else, I think more is my mindset. Yeah. And I also, another big thing that the reason why I like to push my philosophy is because a lot of these young kids, they, what they don't understand is this martial arts journey is a temporary thing. Yeah. Like yeah. when I was there and someone told me that, I tell them, fuck you, no, yeah, this yeah, is my yeah. life and I'll die in the ring, you know? Yeah, yeah. But what I didn't realize is there is a life after martial arts. Right, right. And the sad thing that I see in a lot of the fighters in the UFC is they to become one of the top fighters in, in the world, you just don't do it by with, with, with um, ability and talent. Right. You have to have the discipline you have to have the perseverance and the sad thing about that is these guys that's actually molded that strength and perseverance and discipline and they don't know 
anything about it outside the ring. Right, right, right. So when I when I'm in here talking to the in the seminar of as I'm teaching um, the techniques, I like to let those people know that the, a lot of things that they can learn, not just for jujitsu or for MMA or grappling, is also for life. Right, right. And they, you know that's what I do with my students in Japan. Um, I always like to have them refer to what they're learning to life. Right. The, the discipline of coming to class on time is like the discipline of going to work on time. Right, right, right. The discipline of of going to the teacher and saying, okay, I'll go back and I'll do this drill. I'll, I'll do a thousand of them right. before next week. Right. It's like the discipline of telling your wife, you know, hey, I'll make sure I get these bills paid. Yeah. And I'll call the guy to fix the refrigerator. Yeah. I think the same thing. And I think if you can get the discipline to do shit in the gym, yeah, you can do it in your life. You just have to link it. Yeah, A lot yeah. of fighters don't link it. Don't link it together. The gym is a gym, and my life is my life. And they're like the freaking most disciplined person in the gym. Yeah. And when they go outside, they're a total fuck-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I just feel that it's such a, it's a, it's such an unfortunate thing. Yeah. Because in the martial arts, you really learn a lot about life and about being a, a man or being a, a proper person. Right. And if you can apply it, man, you know, martial arts doesn't doesn't lead to nothing. It always right, becomes right. a good thing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Yeah, that's 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 very, very um just I mean, powerful, you know, just like knowing that. Um and and it, and again, as going back to it's like modern day U, UFC we say UFC, but just like martial arts, like promotion accepted. It doesn't really matter, whatever. Um but we we talk about we we see these situations now where it's like back when you started doing it there was like <laughs> there was like no gloves <laughs> uh, there may or may not have been weight classes <laughs> yeah you know um no money no, no money fame. no fame it yeah. was literally like it was it was like the um probably one of the most most realistic expressions of a martial art you know under the under the traditional terms like like learning something, practicing something until you get super good good at it. Um, on on this show, I often say like martial arts or any art in general is like uh, if you think of it like uh, like uh, like so like just for instance like so you can paint right if you paint everyone paints stuff paint a house paint mm -hmm. a bookcase paint you know a, a, a coffee table or whatever um, but for you to get to the point where you you're painting, you can uh, you can communicate something and then invoke an emotion, mm -hmm. like that's transcending the mundane into in a form of expression of art. Person can throw a punch, person can throw a kick, you know, but for you to master that to the point where you can elevate something that may be seen as mundane. To the point of expression, to the point where it evokes an emotion, that is art, you know. Um, and then looking back on those those times back in the early days when there was not a lot of of uh, uniformity in anything, <laughs> like you show up, you'd have no clue what was gonna happen, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just really it's really a cool thing to see that like uh, just like like how much having having that that uh how do i say um having that that 
that conviction and that philosophy can guide you to a position where you can have that be a form of expression and still be able to navigate your your life appropriately, which is something that I feel like is missing now mm-hmm. because there's not as much of an emphasis on on the learning of the martial art from a from a art an artist's perspective. It's more from a, from a, um, an athlete's perspective. Yeah, you know? yeah. So there's a little bit bit more of that. That's um, where you get all the aggression, aggression, aggression. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because it's the same as if, like, aggression works, you know, default aggression. You know, like, it works. It's like if if I'm doing something and I do, and I do something aggressively, like, like, you know, whatever it may be, like, if I don't even know what I'm, if I'm, if I have no clue what I'm arguing about, if I do so aggressively, sometimes that might get me the quote-unquote win, but that doesn't necessarily mean I'm right. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like... Oh, I just, you know, like he backed down. He backed down, but, you know, were we looking for the right solution or were we just talking about who won, you know, the discourse? Um, Starting going back, looking at your career, um, one of the things that I find the most interesting is uh, just kind of like through the progression of like jujitsu and and grappling, grappling arts, it's just still funny to me that with like the UFC and everything and um and the more promotions that are here like like stateside like how how much uh more it seems like it's more popular nowadays to mm-hmm. like kind of like highlight um connections with like uh like like uh catch wrestling to jiu-jitsu and mm-hmm. and whatnot um one of the most interesting things that I find about your early career and your connection with Shudo is that you trained with with Tiger Mask. Yeah, Tiger Sayama Mask. Sayama. Sayama. Yeah. yeah, that um, I remember watching a video online of like a training session with him. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, crazy <laughs> shit!" Oh, <laughs> yeah, so gnarly. You know, I saw that. I first time <laughs> saw that happen. I'm like, okay, so I get it a little bit now. <laughs> it's like. It's like can, can you talk a little bit about it, you know? Well, you know what's real weird is um, um, I saw that video, and I saw that after. Yeah. But the first time I went to the gym, oh, actually, it was at Barrett. Okay, okay. Yeah, and I uh, I just wanted to, for me, my, my whole objective to going to the gym was I wanted to just get in the ring once. Yeah, yeah. Never thought of making a career. Never thought I was going to be any good. But I had that little... I was intrigued about being able to control your emotions. Yeah. Getting to a, a scary situation and being able to keep a level head and do things right, which is really hard. Yeah, yeah. And then the perfect example is like a sport, any type of sport. If anyone's played any type of sport, you practice by yourself and all of a sudden when everyone's watching, the stuff that you could do, you can't do as good as, as you used to when you were doing it by yourself. Yeah. And then when you're in a competition, all of a sudden it gets harder. Yeah, yeah. A shot that you could make a hundred, uh, ninety-nine times out of a hundred, all of a sudden gets a fifty-fifty ratio. Yeah, yeah. And it's because of your nerves. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, that was a big thing about getting into the martial arts. So I wanted, I went to the Shuto gym, I watched Hickson fight, um, the Volley Tudo nineteen ninety-four. Yeah. And when I saw that, I always thought of controlling my emotions. Yeah. And I saw that 
And the reason why I wanted to go into the ring is because when Hickson was fighting, I lost control of myself. Yeah, yeah. I'm the type of guy that cheers, like, under my breath. Yeah, yeah. I'm not the type that, that scream and shout and, and heckle. Yeah. I'm the type that if my, my my friend wins, I'm like, it's like, yes. Yeah, yeah. And maybe go in the back and high-five him or something, you know? Yeah, but yeah, not yeah. in front of people. Yeah. But, I don't know, martial arts isn't, isn't a sport that you're putting a, a ball through a hoop. It's you're trying to hurt somebody. Right. So when you see your friend in the ring with this huge guy, David Levecki, <laughs> and he's like three times the size of Hickson. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking to myself, my friend's going to get hurt. Yeah. And uh, from that anxiety from seeing and worrying about my friend, I couldn't handle myself. When Hickson won, I jumped on the seat, stood up on the ceiling. Yes. Yeah. It was unlike me. Yeah. And I realized I didn't, I couldn't control my emotions. Yeah. So from right there, I was saying, okay, I want to get in the ring, but I want to be realistic about it. I wasn't a boxer. I wasn't a kickboxer. And I'm thinking, I want to get in the ring, but not a kickboxing ring. And yeah. when I saw Vali Tudo and the, one of the guys that fought in was a Kao Gucci, he was a shoot fighter. Yeah, yeah, Kao Gucci. I thought to myself, if any, if I can use my jiu-jitsu, which is my background, and, 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 be able to be safe enough and have enough talent in jiu-jitsu to not get killed in the ring. I yeah. want to ex experience it. Yeah, yeah. So, Shuto was one in my mind. I called all the different associations. I called UWF, Shuto, Pancras, and Rings. Yeah. And UWF had this weird-ass thing about you got to be a certain age and a certain height, like, <laughs> what is that? I was thinking, what does that You're have to do with it? Looking for fighter pilots no, or but fighters? See, no, then you realize you have to pro wrestling. Oh, that's right. I thought it was real yeah. fighting because the yeah. videos look real. Yeah, I called Pancras and uh, um, Rings, and they told me to send in a resume. Yeah, with a picture. I took a picture of myself actually. Yeah, like full body and half body. Yeah, and then I sent it in, and they said, okay, you got to wait for the call because when they have, they have periodically they have. They call it Shingdeshi test. It's a new boy, new boy test. Yeah, yeah. So you have to obtain that and you qualify or could not qualify. Yeah. So I was waiting for that. And I thought my last on the list was Shuto. Yeah. Called Shuto. Um, and the guy at the office, I think, said, like, I'm actually answering the phone. <laughs> and I told him, you know, I did jiu-jitsu before. I want to, you know, see if I can be a, like a sparring partner for Kaguchi and maybe eventually get in the ring once amateur. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, ah, you know, the Shuto was so new and up and coming, and he yeah. was kind of like, ah, come down. Like, yeah, yeah. I think Barrett was with me, and I said, fuck, let's, we're going. He was with me up north. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, let's, we're going down tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> so he went down, and then he, he had me spar with this little guy. Yeah, yeah. Which turned out to be Nakayuki. Oh, yeah. what? And I, and I actually, I said, you might spar with this little member. Yeah. Got his back, got his mouth. The only thing that was felt real dangerous was footlocks. Yeah, yeah. I had to defend from the footlocks. But other than that, I had my way with the guy. Yeah, yeah. And um, that's pretty much how the fighting came about. Yeah. I just was thinking about, I wanted to go in there and learn to control my anxiety. Yeah. And that's what happened. That, that's what actually brought me into the ring. It's just that. Yeah. Yeah. The lights, camera, action experience. Yeah. And then I wanted <laughs> to see, you know, even if one time in the ring is not going to be able to... I just thought, you know, if the day comes where I have to save somebody. Right. And I have to be on level head. Yeah. Especially if someone I love. Yeah. I want to be as prepared as I can. Yeah, yeah. And I did. And I think, you know, I didn't. I wasn't planning on being a fighter. But I thought, although I'm not going to perfect the controlling my anxiety in one time to experience that severity of anxiety yeah. in the ring yeah. i just thought that that would help better prepare me rather than not ever getting in the ring 
So yeah. that's all I wanted to do. And yeah. that's actually why I got into the ring. Yeah, that's that's definitely like it's just I don't know, maybe it has something to do with like just like Maybe it's a Hawaii mindset, you know, like as far as like looking for a bigger wave, you know, looking for a greater oh, challenge, you know. Maybe yeah. because this, that sentiment is not is not a very common sentiment. Most people, you know, typically shy away from challenges, you know, mm-hmm. or especially like those, you know, lights, camera, action experiences where it's like, yeah, you got to do or not do, you know. <laughs> Most so, people have that little. Um, they want to stay in their comfort zone, right? Right. So any right. type of challenge, like out of their comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, it's just weird because I I believe there are, there's different types of human beings. Yeah, yeah. And my type is a type that I have that tinge of normality yeah. where I'm like, ooh, I don't want to get out of my comfort zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then there's that little freaking thing in the back of my head saying, whoa. Yeah. Can you do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That <laughs> personal challenge, yeah. It's like, like the pilgrimage. Yeah, yeah. When I heard about the pilgrimage, 880 miles on foot. <laughs> and I was saying to myself, when I first thought about it, when someone mentioned it to me, I was like, whoa. Yeah. I can't even freak. I walk like, I walk home from the park and I'm like, oh, I was far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, whoa, 880 miles take me about a month and a half. Yeah. So... That was one of the things. I mean, for me, the first initial feeling I had was, hell no. Yeah, Why yeah. would I want to do that? Blisters yeah. on my feet, pain in my back, you yeah. know. And then there's this little bird in the back of my head. Yeah. Going, I bet you could do it. Yeah, yeah. Challenge yourself. I bet you could do it. So yeah. that's, I think, that the little birdie in the back of my head be- makes me become that different type of human being. Right, right. You know, there, like I said, there's... The, Many different types of human me. Yeah. And then, you know what's real weird about that? I'm okay, I'm going to do this pilgrimage. This guy mentions to me that there's a, in, it's a famous, if you Google it, it's a famous 800, uh, 888 temple pilgrimage, Shikoku pilgrimage. Yeah. So 88 temples, yeah. So this guy comes up and tells me, Ensign, there's 20 more sacred Bungai temples, and it's sort of kind of on the course. <laughs> but you kind of got to go off course a little bit on some of them. Yeah. Some of them are on the exact course. I'm like, okay, so there'd be 108 temples. Yeah. I said, okay, how much more um, kilometers will it add? Yeah. And he said 300. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm, I'm already <laughs> walking like over 1,000. What's another 300? Yeah, yeah. But what I didn't realize was that 300 was in the mountains. Oh. And if you ever did any type of walking... <laughs> And you ever walked on trails and you walked on flats? Yeah. 10 miles flat is like two miles in the mountains. In the mountains, yeah. Mountain <laughs> miles are different. Yeah. So I'm okay thinking right there. Um, it's fucked up. It's been brought up to me. Yeah, yeah. So now I know there's another 20 temples. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like I'm almost going to wimp out of it if yeah. I don't take that challenge. Yeah, yeah. So now I'm okay. Now I'm doing 108. Yeah. And then right before I go, a month before I go, I'm preparing, walking. I'm walking like, uh, I forget, I, I would get dropped off, I think, 10 miles out from my house. And I'd walk back. Yeah. Just to, to get used to it. To get it. used to it, yeah. And then what I found out later was, there's a, I think out of the, um, there's thousands and thousands of people that do the pilgrimage every year. Uh-huh. There's 2% that do it. Oh, wow, that make it. That walk. Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, 
if there's a thousand, there's I, I forget how much the number was, but I remember thinking like, even two percent, there's a lot of people that do it. Yeah. So yeah. all of a sudden, in me, the challenge was like, it wasn't that big anymore. Yeah, yeah. So to make it a bigger challenge, I made that little rules on myself. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. Like so I couldn't, couldn't buy food. Buy food. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not a lot of people think like, oh, that pilgrimage is nuts. But no, it's not the rules of the pilgrimage. It's the rules right. that I made for myself. Right, So right. just because I heard a lot of people did it before yeah. on foot, I just felt like I have to add a little bit incentive for myself to make it a challenge. Ratchet it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it wasn't... I never did regret it. I, I It did make it a lot more difficult. Yeah. Um, I, I allow myself to buy water because of pilgr- I did it in August, which is a mist of summer. Yeah. And... Dehydration is real dangerous. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I didn't want to suffer that. And then I just said, okay, food. And I brought, only what I brought is what I could eat. Right. So I brought, I had 12, uh, you know those uh, in uh, in Sports Authority, I bought these little dry packs. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. just had water. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's like a little meal. Little like, meal, yeah, yeah, yeah. I bought 12 of those. So I had 12 meals. Oh, wow. And the only other meals I would ever eat was offerings. Offer to, yeah. Or donations, which yeah. which happens sometimes in Shikoku. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, I actually had to create a bigger challenge. Yeah. I mean, it's like it wasn't even like walking like 880 miles isn't enough. I still <laughs> wanted to make sure it was something that, that I don't know how much of the that 2% of people that do it every year by foot. I don't think there's any of them that didn't buy food. Oh, wow. I, I don't think so either. <laughs> I can tell you, I don't think any of those people, you know what I mean? They're probably like, you know what? Oh, buy food or lodging. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's right, because you guys were like yeah. sleeping outside. Yeah. And so I did too. not I did not buy any lodging, yeah. That so was I just like, said... That's like amazing. I, I It's one of those things that's so motivational. Like, I don't even know if you realize, like, I mean, like, even if somebody like, you, you know, like, if somebody like myself seeing you do something like that, it's like, you start looking around like, okay, what can I do? I yeah, do oh, that's stuff. cool. That, that, that. <laughs> this guy's over here walking across, you know, walking across Japan. Oh, know? that one too. Yeah, walking across <laughs> Japan, doing these pilgrimages and whatnot, you know, and like, what can I, what, what can I do where I'm at? And well, my, that shows my, that you're that you're that in that in that category of human being that I'm in. Yeah. Because a normal person would be like, what a crazy motherfucker. And that's yeah, where it yeah. ends. Yeah, no, it's, you got to do but something. But you got that in you where it's like you have that little birdie in the back of your head. It's too. like, <laughs> I got to do something. Like, even, even if I don't rise to the full challenge, like, I got to, like, I got to be in motion. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I got to be doing yeah. something. So, yeah, it, it definitely, like, at, at least makes you examine, you know what I mean, what is that you do in your normal life. And, and and how could you be a better service to somebody else as well? So, um, yeah, it definitely, like, seeing that happen, you know, like, <laughs> and seeing the guys, like, seeing, like, Tone, like, fly out and, like, <laughs> you know, like. That walk across jo- the path. Yeah, yeah, yeah join, joining you. It's like, man, like, these guys, are they're, they're serious, you know. It's like, man, like, what am I doing? How can I get serious <laughs> about something, you know. So, yeah, that's definitely something that was motivational for me. Um and that's like an amazing. This is like an amazing feat. Just like, just like in general, you know, as whether it's a personal challenge or it's like a personal challenge combined with something that's meant to be, um, like, like bringing awareness and and helping those out that, you know, in a in a, in a worse circumstance, you know. So mm-hmm. um, that's just I just you know, the walk across Japan. 
it's different from the pilgrimage. Yeah. But that walk across Japan we did to where we're bringing awareness to the people of the north that's still suffering. Yeah. I made a rule that I couldn't buy food or water. Yeah. Oh wow. So we didn't buy. I didn't buy water either. That's right. Yeah. It's like yeah. yeah. I yeah. that one I did that like that because it's because you know that one is it was more um on concrete pavements on roads. Yeah. So yeah. it wasn't like the pilgrimage where I'll be in the Up mountains. Up in the mountains. Yeah, where I can't find water. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so I did that. And, of course, I, I figured there's there's parks with bathrooms. You could drink yeah. out of the water in the bathroom. So yeah, I, yeah. I felt that was a good rule. Roman failed on that on the second day. <laughs> and even when he was about to go, to, he, to went, Roman. <laughs> he went to the um, vending machine to buy it. I gave him shit about it. I said, Roman, man, you sure you're going to break the rule? He said, yeah, fuck. And then he got real. It was real funny because he got all serious on me. Yeah. I can't die before my mother. I'm not letting my mother put her son in the grave. Like, whoa, dude. Whoa, bro. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, Talk about but, Fritos. <laughs> but you know, you know, the thing where you got to give Roman credit on that one is that he is not. I mean, I'm. He's not. He's like built like a normal person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For him to do, he's what not he John did, Jones. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> so the the pain that I was feeling was probably in him was. By four, four yeah. thousand times yeah, worse. Yeah. yeah. So you know, the <laughs> fact that he actually completed the walk, I think, was already an accomplishment. So yeah. whether he bought water or not, it's not a big deal, you know. Yeah. But uh, he he did actually eventually buy the water. Yeah. And he drank it, and he was like in this mode where I don't give a fuck. I'm not surviving. <laughs> I'm not dying today. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I so you know, you know, it, it was a it was a goal that I wanted to do it, you know, as a rule for us. Yeah. But then when I noticed how serious he was about that, I was like, you know. That's his deal. Okay, yeah. he can drink the water. Yeah. And his deal was probably having water, but completing the walk. Yeah, yeah. And for me, I I could still hold off from buying food and water, so I did. Yeah. So yeah. I did the whole trip. I didn't buy a single, didn't buy a, pay a single penny out of my pocket for food, water, or housing. That is amazing. 68 days. <laughs> 68 days. That's of ridiculous. Ridiculous. Wow, that's just like, man. I, so to this day, I just think about that. I'm just like, man, that's like, man. The longest was four days without food. That's amazing as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, because it's not like it's four days without food and like you're sitting in the co- on the couch, like, you know, like you're twirling walking your about a marathon a yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're walking a marathon a day. Yeah, you know? yeah. Marathons always have like those people with like apples and food. Oh, that's right. Bananas and water. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And that's like just for a marathon, you know. Like, not we're not talking about you guys were like bringing stuff, you know. Like, and you know what's crazy about that too is like people don't realize what a workout walking is. Oh yeah, it's a good workout, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, if you can't run and walk, man, yeah. it's still a real good healthy workout. Yeah, walking's a freaking workout. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is, especially you get a certain size. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no shit. Yeah. Um. So with the with the, with Destiny Forever, mm-hmm. um, how what ha- how did you get into that? Like, what's what spurned that? Yeah, it's real weird. Yeah, because I never, you know, looking in in hindsight, I think you know, as far as a martial artist having just all this aggression, they're like a F one race driver. If you just floor it and you aggress the whole time on the first turn, you're going to crash and burn. Yeah, yeah. So I believe for a true martial artist to have, be able to 
show their aggression in the best way. They right. would need to have that 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 softness in that yeah. background. Yeah. And I didn't do Finesse. I didn't find yeah, I didn't mm -hmm. I didn't take up the, the braces because of that. Yeah. It yeah. just my whole life is like that. My, even my, yeah. my living in Japan, I never did everything, okay, I wanna live in Japan. Yeah. It just happened in steps. Like for instance, like the Destiny Forever thing, the reason why I got into the braces because um, in Japan, they believe it's a protect, protection mechanism. Yeah, so yeah. if you wear a bracelet, if it breaks, it's taking something that was supposed to come to you. Yeah, Whether yeah. it's an injury or a car accident. I got into two our car accidents that I totaled the cars. Yeah. One of them, the bracelet literally detached from my hand. Uh -huh. I didn't realize it was gone until I got home. They told the car because the, the, it was a Mercedes Benz, totally yeah. totaled. I remember that Benz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that blue one, yeah. yeah. And then uh, when I got home, I realized my bracelet was missing. Yeah. So we called the towing company to check the car. It was under the, the brake. Oh, so I guess wow. it flew, under flew the, underneath yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it broke. And I was seeing, and then when one of my friends told me that, uh, the guy who made the bracelet for me, I said, sir, my bracelet broke. And he goes, whoa, good. I'm like, no, my bracelet broke. He goes, it's taking that it for you. It took something for you. Did you, you get yeah. hurt? I said, I had a fat lip from the airbags. Yeah, yeah. And he said, that's it? I said, yeah. He said, what happened? I told the bands. He goes, oh my God, you didn't get hurt? Yeah. He said, well, thanks for the bracelet. So I'm like, whoa. I don't believe in that shit, but whoa, wait a <laughs> well, minute. Yeah. Okay. Next thing I know, um, three years later, I'm driving a um, car, my mom's car. Yeah. I told her her Mercedes Benz again. Yeah. And... This time I looked at my braces like, oh, it's not broken. I didn't get hurt. Yeah. I say, oh, it's airbag. Again, a fat lift from the airbag. Yeah. I'm like, oh. Like a week later, I'm looking at my bracelet, and I notice I have a big bruise on the inside of my wrist. Oh, wow. A round bruise. Yeah. The center bead in the bracelet was cracked. Oh. So I'm thinking there was something that hit my hand with enough force to cause to a push bruise that bead to crack it and push the bruise into my hand yeah thinking if my bracelet wasn't there yeah whatever hit my hand or wherever i hit my hand yeah i wonder if it would have actually severed my my arteries yeah so right there i'm thinking okay i'm gonna have to always keep putting on there's something to that yeah, yeah. so i kept we're buying I, every time my friend would make me a bracelet, i would buy one i would have it and then I always thinking to myself, this is good for me, and I always thought that, oh, maybe my friends would love it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, people I care about, I would like them to have that too. Yeah. If it, I mean, whether it works or not, I don't know, but if it does, I would like them to have it. So on my 39th birthday, I remember in, in Japan is San, yeah, and then Q is uh, nine. Yeah. And if you read it together, it says like, thank you, thank you. Like, yeah, yeah. It says like, almost like, thank you, thank you, yeah. Thank you, like, yeah. yeah. So I figured, okay, this is my new rule. So ever since my 39th birthday, my rule, whenever I had a birthday party, is no presents. Yeah. I give them presents. Oh, wow. Yeah, because, you know, the interesting thing about life is um, you're, you're, learn, you're taught to believe that the, the joy, the true joy in life is it's the joy receiving. of receiving. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you, you're, you're molded to believe that because your, your day yeah you get presents yeah. yeah yeah so you think that's the best joy is to get something but later on in life i realized that the true joy in life is actually giving giving yep so that's why i decided my my day is my birthday yeah we're giving presents yeah yeah so on my 39th birthday i decided to order braces for everybody oh wow and it cost me about thirteen thousand dollars 
I bought real American crystal braces. <laughs> crystal braces for everybody. Yeah. Gave it out to them. Yeah. The next year, I had another party. Yeah. And I wanted to give them braces again. Yeah. I went to order it from the guy. Yeah. And the guy that made it was actually had a warrant for his arrest. So he was running from the police. <laughs> so he couldn't be in one because you got to buy the string. You got to buy the beads and yeah, you got to sit yeah. and make them. Yeah. So he told me, Ensign, where are you now? I was, I was in Kyoto. He said, I'll come to your Kyoto gym, and I'll teach you how to make them. Oh, wow. I'm like, fuck, no, I ain't making one of those. I mean, I'm yeah. a martial artist. I don't yeah. sit down and bead, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, no, 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 it's easy. It's one tie. I'll show you how to make them. I'm okay. He comes over. He has the supplies. He shows me how to make them. It takes me three freaking hours. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, this is cool, but I can't make. 30 braces for my friends because <laughs> that's gonna be yeah that's 90 like hours <laughs> that's too <laughs> long that's so like, yeah like a regular job for two and a, you <laughs> yeah. know two and a half weeks worth of regular you know just making braces nine to five just making braces so so yeah. yeah so i decided that um i'm not gonna give braces i did it i bought some i bought plaques for them with yeah. the yamadamashi family emblem on it and then i just continue making the braces yeah and I, you know, I, I, I enjoyed it because I loved the bracelets and I was making them. It was really ugly at first. I see some of the pictures of the bracelets on Facebook that I first made and it was really ugly, but it was enough for me to wear. Right, right, right. So, and, and because I loved it, I just kept making it, kept making, kept making myself one, kept making myself. And then it got to a point where I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. I said, yeah. I'm getting good. So I thought, okay, the next party I have, I made for people. Yeah, yeah. So I made the braces and started giving to friends. Yeah. But it wasn't still enough that not even be on the imagination to think of selling it. Yeah. Or giving it or, or you know, or, or selling it to anybody. Yeah. The, if it's a, you know what I mean? If you buy something, if you're selling it, it's got to have the have the quality of something right, to be right. sold. Something worth, but if you're yeah. giving it to them, it could be handmade. Yeah. It could be a little ugly. You know, you're, it's a, My it's daughter a gives me. Exactly, exactly. So it's just like (laughs) not what you get, it's a feeling. It's a feeling of wanting to give. Yeah. So then I got good enough that I still didn't want to sell it, but it's okay. It's good nice enough that I'll put it on Facebook. Yeah. Put it on Facebook. Then people start asking me to buy. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm still in that mode, like, no, this is not for sale. It's not that it's not good enough of quality. Yeah. People kept pushing it and I said, Okay, you know what? I'll try it out. I set a price. And my freaking Facebook page turned into a bracelet page. It was about bracelets. So I just said, okay, I got to open up a web page. I opened up a web page, did it on the side. And as I did it, I I, I almost want to, the guy who taught me, I want to meet him again. Yeah. Because I want to see what he's been doing. Because yeah. the way he taught me, I think I've changed about 40% of the things I do. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've MacGyvered and changed your stuff thing now. to yeah. my style, yeah. the way I do it. I, I want to see what type of, um, you know, improvements he's made in his style. Yeah, yeah. And maybe he's done and, and found a way to do something that I haven't realized yet. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe I've done it and I can teach him. So yeah. I kind of want to find that out. But, yeah, so that's how it that's. That's how I got interested in bracelets. That's how I started making them. Yeah. And that's how I started selling. Yeah, yeah. And right now, the the new movement is when I first got the, made the bracelets, it was about protection. Right, right. I didn't realize that these power stones are all separate beads, and there's yeah. thousands and thousands of different types of power stones with different properties. Right, right. And I only found out because on Facebook, somebody asked me for a red bracelet. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I only have crystals. Yeah. 
red crystal yeah. went into the shop the gem shop yeah all these different colored beads i'm like whoa and i'm standing there and i guess i look super green yeah yeah yeah. and i'm telling oh what is all these different colors wow <laughs> the guy comes in and goes you know these are real gems i'm like what you mean they're real he said yeah they're natural gems i'm like no shit yeah yeah and so yeah. they're considered power stones they told me yeah. and the guy kind of looked at me like they're power stones yeah i'm like power stones yeah he goes they are properties yeah I'm like, what do you mean properties he goes some help with ailments i said that's bullshit yeah yeah it's color to me man yeah so you know i started making the bracelets and started selling them but i didn't believe in the power stones and i didn't want to promote it as that yeah but as the years went on even till today i can't i'm not going to sit here and tell you uh, it'll heal your arthritis if yeah. you put this on yeah but i will sit here and tell you that there have been a lot of people that they have experienced have experienced that, that it yeah. helped yeah and whether it's placebo yeah, or whatever yeah. it's um or whether it's um you know the the fact that it's actually working yeah the fact that it's working it means it works you know yeah. what i mean right, right yeah so so for me it's like i i really get freaked out when customer comes in yeah yeah and i you know I've, I, like for instance i had a customer come in with arthritis yeah and calcite is good for arthritis so i lined yeah. up a bracelet with calcite he comes in like two days later and said man when i have the bracelet on my hands aren't stiff in the morning my fingers aren't stiff in the morning i'm like holy yeah. shit and you know for me as someone that's selling these bracelets and ho hoping that it'll, it'll help i should be like yeah yeah it helps right but i was i'm i'm real honest with it i'm like holy shit really that's <laughs> awesome <laughs> super cool have a lady come in like there's there, there must have been a like over like three dozen people that's come in already that's yeah. helped them and there's another lady for instance comes in with her child that has all like scabs on her arms yeah yeah and she has an allergy that she can't sleep at night and she keeps scratching yeah so rose quartz is good for allergies yeah so i thought okay i'll make some rose a rose quartz bracelet for her put it on two weeks later the lady comes in literally in tears she said after she put on your bracelet she slept yeah and the girl was there her scabs were all healing. Oh, wow. And yeah. She says she doesn't scratch anymore. Like, holy shit. Yeah. Had a guy that come in with her bad dreams. Yeah. He has, she said he hasn't slept all night for the last five years. Yeah. So me and Sarah, like for me, I'm not a perfect expert in Parsons. So I looked up crystals for bad dreams. Yeah. And it gives you a list of crystals that's good for bad dreams. We lined them up with bracelet. Yeah. And he came in. The next day. Yeah. So I got my first night of a complete sleep throughout the night. And I'm like, holy shit. And it's not something that happened and disappeared. It's like continuously people coming in. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just that, what is it placebo? Yeah, placebo. Yeah. That, that my braces are also, you know, already being, having a reputation that it helps and it yeah. works. Yeah. And whether it's that in their head that people come in for it. I mean, people will come in and get it restrung and not want to part with it yeah and they'll come back three days later to pick up their reaching saying holy shit i was so lost without it or yeah. like whoa it's like it here or it does it work I, I, whether whichever it is it, i mean it, it's there's it's a, reason, a good effect there's a, a reason effect. those things have like that like re like reputation you know yeah I mean? it doesn't just like come out of nowhere you know yeah like, so there's something to that and there's something to like people and and like like resonating with certain things you know yeah like yeah it, it may whatever the reason may be but it you know if it does what it does it does what it yeah. does and you think too like <laughs> how can a rock have you know have properties 
But you know what's a real freaky thing, man? All rocks have some sort of property. <laughs> but you know what's a real freaky thing? You look yeah. at these crystals. You know this this bracelet right here? You see it? Yeah. There's no cracks in it, yeah? Yeah. You might see very faint ones, yeah? Yeah. This bracelet was a cracked crystal. There was cracks going through the whole crystal. Oh, wow. It's healed itself. Oh, wow. I'll show you a picture after we're done with this, but it's oh, yeah. healed itself. You'll freak out at what it looked like. So... Right there, I'm thinking, so, okay, how can rocks have a life? How can rocks have properties? Like, that freaking thing healed itself. Yeah. Man, there's, there's something to it. There's man. something to it. There's something yeah, to it. Yeah. People have always kind of been, it's like, it's funny. It's like so many cultures have some sort of, like, bead history. Yeah. Know? Like, yeah. so many, like, especially, like, like my dad, like I, I, I thought it was funny. You like you went to the the gym store and the guy looks at you like a noob. Yeah, yeah, noob guy. Oh, you know that. Yeah. I've I've been with my dad going to those gym stores. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they're really? looking, looking around. That is so awesome. Yeah, man. like and it, like, yeah. You definitely don't look like the typical. Uh, connoisseur of gyms yeah, yeah. well, well <laughs> you know i go into the gym store and i go into like the um the uh, what is that those uh those things that you make buy materials to 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 sew and oh yeah like michael's and uh, yeah yeah like I go that, into, the, i'm the there's all elders yeah older yeah, ladies. Yeah, yeah yeah i'm the only young guy with tattoos standing they're looking yeah. for the the thread and yeah, looking for yeah. this yeah <laughs> Man, it's, I mean, it just takes like, and that's the thing though too. It just like takes a certain level of like assuredness to even be able. It's like, like I, just, I said before, it's like I had this this idea of this podcast, and then like I sat on it for like five years <laughs> because I didn't want to be judged. You know, there's a certain amount of that same bravery that it takes to walk into Michaels and be like, "Yo, I need this type of thread. <laughs> I need yeah, you know, yeah, I need yeah, this type of class." Was your class, but you know, like it's it's different, you know, because you like nobody wants to be judged, you know, yeah, like, especially yeah. by somebody that like somebody's, you know, like Nana status, like yeah, <laughs> yeah, somebody's yeah, grandma, yeah. like oh that boy, you know. But yeah, it's just that's that's real cool, and it speaks to that too as well, you know, just that confidence to get out there and just you know, and and to be open to like learning and like the, the even the notion of like. You starting off and you're saying like, oh, the first few ones weren't all that good. Yeah, you know, yeah. but getting better, you know, yeah. keep because going, keep going at it. Yeah, perseverance. Yeah. Exactly, repetition, practice. You know, it's just like in martial arts, like you practice till your mind forgets and your body remembers. You just flow. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. accidentally beat somebody up. You know, it's also <laughs> a perk to this whole destiny and forever thing. Yeah, is in Japan they believe that the the spirit. And the soul of the maker goes into each bracelet. Oh wow! So there's a lot of customers that want me to make the bracelet because yeah, they believe yeah. that my energy will be in the bracelet. Yeah. Sarah has a whole different energy. Yeah. She's connected with a lot of customers in yeah. Hawaii. Yeah. And there are a bunch of customers that want her to her make, make it. it. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. it doesn't mean like you know just because I'm like a martial artist and this Yamato Damashi image doesn't mean that everybody wants that. Right. They right. Want, might want. You know, Sarah's type of energy in it. You know? Sarah's a martial artist too. Yeah, she is. She is. But she's, you, <laughs> know, a, you know, Sarah's she's female. She's um, <laughs> different. Yeah, but she's uh, I almost feel like she's she's actually hitting that complete martial artist stage sooner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. she's already been on the finesse side already. Right, she's doing right. the togishi now. Yeah. She can she can string the bracelets also. Yeah. But so so yeah, she has that that compassion in her already. Right. Right. As she's. Almost like the opposite way. Yeah, yeah. The compassion is just bringing out that fire now. I had the fire 
bring in the compassion. I guess there's two different ways to mold a martial artist. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. If, if you're working around a circle track, you know what I mean? It's a circle. You know, yeah. like if you start yeah. on this yeah. side and I start on this side and you go left and I go right, yeah. we eventually end up in the same yeah. position. Yeah, <laughs> true, know? true, true. So, yeah, that's definitely a cool thing. Um, have Have you ever, like, experimented, other than, like, other than um, the acting stuff, um, one thing I want to talk touch on too is like just your like your writing like you like you have a book. <laughs> yeah, you're working on makes me an author. Yeah. yeah, like that's man. I've that's always that's one of the things that I aspire to do at least someday. Hopefully, be able to get out something that somebody other than my mom wants to read. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think my mom would read. My mom might just kind of like, you know, look at the paragraphs. and Well, son, very good. <laughs> good job. Good job, Turbo. Way to make it happen. <laughs> you know? But, uh, yeah, that's def- something I aspire to, and that's a definitely a long, arduous process. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. It is. Are, are there any other, like, forms of art that you that you found yourself kind of, like, dabbling with or... At this time, if you you know what they classify as art, yeah, maybe the book, acting, and um, the bracelets. Yeah. The other thing is, which is on the side, when I was in high school, I was really Philosophy. good at. I was really. <laughs> oh, that's actually art too. Yeah. 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 But I, I dabbled with a lot of uh, sculptures, clay sculptures. Oh wow! I was See? really good at that. You know? Yeah, yeah. My my like I I would I was such a bad kid that you know in the we throw pots. Yeah. I'd fuck around with it. Like I like like I'd have a nice pot ready yeah. made, and then it you know how you center and it kind of goes a little off, and you yeah, try yeah. to you try to center, and you, you know you got a base on your arm, and then yeah. hold it so you can center right, and doesn't yeah. it's like I would be like that type of it's like ah boom and just smash, smash it start it. all over yeah, yeah. yeah or and I'd get to a point where I'd um put a lot of water on the clay yeah yeah and I turn the the wheel up real fast so yeah. it splashes all over everybody <laughs> so my um. My my teacher, Mr. Doy, yeah. was so sick of that shit. He decided <laughs> to put me in the back room. Uh-huh. So I wasn't with the class. Oh, wow. There was a back room that was next to the kiln yeah. that he had a clump of clay, uh-huh. and he just had me do sculptures. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then when the first one I made, it was of my pit bull. Oh, yeah, yeah, So yeah. I made it on my pit bull, and he loved it. And he said, do something else. Yeah. So so I made one of like, a big muscle guy holding a fish. And yeah. And I and he was actually really super stoked about it because yeah. it actually was something he found something that I could do really well. Yeah, yeah. And I got it kept me in focus. focus I, the yeah. whole class I stayed in the back and I didn't bother anyone. Yeah. And he was I think he was more stoked about that. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was funny because I was I was actually voted the most artistic in my class. You know how they have house elections? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they have house elections where the most likely to succeed. Yeah. I was the most likely to die. I was the most likely to go to prison. Yeah. Thanks, a, thanks, high school. Thanks and I was for the that. most artistic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was the most artistic. So I was like, die, oh, fuck. Go to prison, oh, shit. That's no good. <laughs> artistic. I was like, whoa, that's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that's definitely. So I fulfilled two of them. Yeah. I went to prison. <laughs> I, went to prison. <laughs> I went to prison and I was artistic, but I didn't <laughs> die. And I had a lot of classmates already die, so they they they, they, they screwed up on that one. Else. They screwed that up on that guys, one, man. You guys, <laughs> yeah, you guys covered that. One yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, so the acting is something interesting too. Yeah. I can't really get into it because I'm not an actor and I haven't really <laughs> went to acting school. Yeah, but you've acted professionally, so that and counts. It, and it is interesting, man. It's a whole. Um, mm-hmm. 
it is under uh, out of my comfort zone yeah and yeah. at first i get that again like the f like the fighting you know going into your out of your comfort zone i felt that oh i don't want to do this yeah like like the last one like uh, the first couple i did was real easy like red belt i yeah. just you know i i did an interview like yeah. i'm doing interview and fighting so yeah, it's supernatural yeah. yeah i was stretching in the locker room and they were yeah. filming me and it's natural that's I, yeah and then the other one was i was I thought this guy had a lot of honor. Yeah. So instead of fighting him, I gave him my belt. Yeah. Which is, I just didn't smile. I didn't cry. I didn't yeah. laugh. I just gave him my belt. It was just yeah. easy, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then the next scene was in Hawaii Five O, where I was like a mafia boss and he was calling me to, he, this guy was coming in to get money and I was like not giving him the money. So it was like on a phone call, which you do every day. So I'm not really acting. Yeah, yeah. But this last one I just went to, I had to get shot. So when when I was saying okay I'll get shot I'll probably get shot behind the scenes I just fall on the ground no problem okay good and but before we go into the set this professional guy who's worked with John Van Dam he's he was with um Chuck Norris on the yeah what is that show the Texas Ranger Texas Ranger he was Walking the one Texas that Ranger. was helping um Chuck Norris with the action uh -huh. so he comes up and says okay have you ever been you know how to you, did you have to ever act of being shot and I said no. He goes, okay, do you know how? I said, no, I have no the faintest clue. So he was teaching us how to do that. Yeah. And I was saying to him, right there, again, it was like, oh, God, I don't want to do this. This is, so, <laughs> this is such so a hard. pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah. And then that little birdie kicked in. Yeah. And it was like, again, like, man. You can do you it. You can do it. Yeah, show, it shows <laughs> me you can do it. So we did that. And then uh, even on set, you know, I don't like to wear nice clothes. I had to wear like like almost like a collared shirt and slacks and nice yeah. shoes. And I was like, I was really now? sitting there thinking, now I gotta fucking act. Yeah. And I'm, and I was I was always excited when I got the call. Yeah. To I just flew out there just to do that. I was yeah. sitting there thinking, I don't know if I don't do this anymore. Yeah, yeah. And then it was a weird thing because we had you know how you shoot the scene over and over. Yeah, yeah. It came to a point where it was like, wow, man, this is getting freaking like a challenge is really interesting yeah because we our scene was we we're three gunmen we're running out of the house and we're gonna open fire on the swat yeah and so our the first guy ran out got shot right away and fell to the ground i ran out my me and my my other yakuza guy ran to the side of the car we opened the door started shooting from the car yeah and there we get shot yeah and then we had to sell the shot oh wow yeah so, so we did it over and over and i get <laughs> to a point where i got real sweaty yeah. from doing it yeah but it, it was it was really interesting, yeah. and then and that was the first time in the acting that I've done that I thought this is an art. Yeah, yeah. This is really an art. There's you a really way gotta that, learn how to do this. Yeah, man. to elevate the mundane to the point where you're expressing something. And, and then there's you know broken in emotion. Movies is about being realistic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But then there's a difference of a real way to die. Yeah. And a, the best way to die for a movie yeah like you can you can get shot and just slump down like that you know like a punch <laughs> yeah like, like so so for example <laughs> if i get shot in the back of the head you, the whole thing that the real way is like boom yeah but no hollywood yeah they want you to go back and then forward yeah yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. it's like why would my head go back backwards at all but they said it sells the shot yeah yeah just the getting shot okay i'm here holding the i had an uzi shooting the uzi if i get shot it's like boom oh <laughs> yeah it yeah. was no the best way to sell it is get shot in your shoulder oh. throw your shoulder back so I'm, yeah but 
but I am is getting shot in the chest, like going boom, and maybe falling backwards. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But no, boom, throw yeah. your arm like one hand, one just throw this arm back as far as you can. Oh wow. Yeah, I'm like, wow. Yeah, sell it. So I had another guy that was already in doing that acting, and I said, I want to see you do it. Then. Yeah. He didn't. Was like, oh shit, looks like he got shot. Yeah, and yeah. And he just threw his shoulder back. Oh wow! Yeah, so it's like, wow, this is really an art There's when you an think about it. it. There is a total art to it. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, you look at it, and it's like, you know, it's just funny because like those things kind of like mold people's opinion of what those experiences are. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's like people always, I remember like coming up that looking at like Rocky, <laughs> you uh-huh, know, uh-huh, like uh-huh. Rocky Three with Clubber Lang. Yeah, you know, like yeah. watching the fight scene at the end. Like that's how fighting is, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> And in that first boxing class, like, boom. Oh, that shit hurt. Yeah, one freaking <laughs> That's point. That's not like Rocky. <laughs> that was so not glamorous and my eyes are watering. Rocky took about like a hundred of them, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you ain't so bad. You ain't so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, come on. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting mad. Like, what is that? <laughs> yeah, so, you know, yeah, even the, the acting is such a... It's such an art, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's real interesting, yeah. It's like what you're doing to evoke that emotion. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's like it's still, you're still doing something. You're conjuring up something to like, so it translates on film, so it evokes that emotion. It's it's it, it's a it's an art. It's definitely an art. I like the way you just define art, yeah? It's something that you do that will inspire yeah. or create feelings in a person. Yeah. And then you think about it, fighting does that too, yeah? It does. Yeah. It's, it's so visceral. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, you. there's like a few things you can do, I feel like, just from from a human perspective that can just like, with little or no connection and language, evoke an emotion. And, there's, and fighting mm-hmm. is one of those things. Mm-hmm. Like you see guys, like one of the things I do too, like is like I do strongman stuff. Like yeah, yeah. Pick yeah. up like rocks and stuff. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but like, it's like funny because it's like, like uh, it reminds it, that feeling of a strongman competition reminds me so much of like the early days of fighting at the Bladesdale when it was like not uh, that many people. Yeah, yeah, and it's just, yeah. There's just a bunch of people standing around and watching somebody do something that's that's different. That's on the you're on the spot. You're you're elevated. You know. Yeah. And it's something that's difficult. You know. It's like and not quite under fully understood by not people. quite fully yeah. understood. You know, and it's just like that in itself too. It's just like like that you're you're evoking an emotion. That those types of things are like I'm I'm pretty sure there was like some cavemen that were like standing around and was like, Can you pick <laughs> up the rock? <laughs> rock, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or can you fight so and so? He's great. You know, like, yeah, he yeah, yeah. Like the gladiator days too, yeah. 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 Back so, in the day, yeah. 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 So it's like that that same ability to like to channel and to be able to like evoke an emotion to translate something you know and it's just funny too thinking about it like Blaisdell versus Karakwin Hall <laughs> Karakwin Hall was definitely like and like how you talked about earlier how like it's not your normal reaction to mm-hmm. like jump out of your seat yeah, you know yeah, and watch yeah. you know it, like it, it evokes an emotion it c- comes from somewhere and it makes it something that's like you know, it's almost a like an out of body experience. Mm-hmm. But to think about the contrast between fighting in Japan versus fighting in the United States, where it's like in Japan, like you can hear a pin drop. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
everyone knows what's up. Like they're like, yeah. Oh, he passed guard. They're ooing, eyeing at the right times. At the yeah. right times. Yeah. You don't need to be throwing a punch or punch someone in the face. They'll be like, ooh, when he passed the yeah, guard. Like, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And you can hear like the corner people talking to each other. Yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. So and so, you know, I remember. Um, I remember one time I got to. This was like before. This was like actually before the Tom Sauer fight. Mm-hmm. I went out and I was um, shout out to Ty Atkins. I was staying with Todd at the time, uh-huh. and I was doing oh, a Todd. Bit, yeah. yeah, I was doing a little bit of training here and there. I was, um, I, I got to go. Ryan Bo took me to G squared. Hey Ryan, yeah, <laughs> Ryan Bo, yeah. Shout out to Ryan Bo wherever you at. Um, and then uh, I got to I got to uh, go to G squared. I got to go to the killer b gym and and that's when that's when nori was there yeah yeah nori was running in tokyo yeah get off the get off the elevator and there's this ginormous pit bull <laughs> sony, sony sony yeah, yeah. so it's pit bull and it smelled like uh pit bull and like <laughs> you know uh gym <laughs> yeah yeah i got to got to train there a little bit it's just like uh i totally forgot where i was going i just reminiscing yeah oh the difference between like fighting in america versus fighting uh, japan. In japan yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um what because you fought in both places right mm-hmm. you fought so i mean i remember we fought in hawaii um and you fought in like early ufcs like yeah like that before gloves <laughs> yeah before gloves that was a, the ufc 13 was the last one that was an option with the, yeah and i opted not to wear them yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's like the difference between fighting in two places is definitely something that... Yeah, you know what's real funny is uh, is when I'm in the ring, I really don't hear much yeah. besides my corner. Yeah. But I did realize in the UFC, I remember I remember in the midst of the fight thinking this. They started a USA champ. Yeah. Hawaii's part of the United States. <laughs> dumb motherfucker. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So I always remember thinking exactly that. Dumb motherfuckers. <laughs> They do they even know no. that Hawaii is part of the United States? Yeah. You know, I remember that. But other than where that. Were, where was that at? That was in um, Augusta, Georgia. Okay, yeah, that's right. Because that was that one of the sense. states that was legal. Yeah, yeah. So I think 80% of the states in the United States was illegal. Yeah, yeah. For NHB fights. Yeah, yeah back in the day. Yeah. Full and then, contact. So, so, you know, for me in the ring, we, we, aside from just the UFC where they had the USA channel, I really never heard a difference. But when I'm spectating now, there's yeah. a huge difference in the fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I remember, like, a lot of the UFCs I go to, there's always dumb fucks sitting around you <laughs> that never stepped a day in the ring, but they're Just coaching please. guys. You dumb shit, <laughs> yeah. punch him. What the hell are you doing? You know, yeah. it's like, what the fuck? These Kick guys are. And then a lot of the times, these guys are saying stuff that are, are not possible to do at the time. Yeah, yeah. But then you. Flex and bust out of there. And if you're, if you have, if the hecklers in the States. Yeah. You can't really hear them because there's so much noise and so much of them heckling. Yeah. In Japan, if you have a rare heckler, yeah. man, it feels like he's on a microphone. Oh, wow, yeah. He's just quiet. And he says something like, you know, in Japanese, like, oh, mo, mo you're like calling you a dumb shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it stands out. It's like, well, everyone's like, know exactly where it came from. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, like like you said, they're educated. Yeah. yeah. The Japanese fans are educated. So they know what passing the guard is. Yeah. They know that it's not the... Op- optimum thing to be throwing punches continuously right right 
And you know, in America, it's about punching the guy in the face. Yeah, yeah. You're not punching the guy in the face, they start booing you. Yeah, yeah. There's sometimes you see the UFC is super technical. Yeah. And it's interesting, but they're booing because no one's getting punched in the face. Yeah. You know? So it's like in Japan, is they appreciate the the technique of the the whole MMA style, which is the subtlety a, a, and the progression. Yeah, of the something small about you know expression. shucking the arm off and getting to the back of the guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, in the standing. The, the the progression of even like like a like a nice little time teep. Yeah. That's not a knockout, but it it stops the guy in his like, tracks. Oh. And then and then something as subtle as passing the guard. Yeah, yeah. Side control. Yeah. Mount. You know, they they even if there's no punches that are thrown yet, they're they're ooh and ah about it. Yeah. Which is nice. That's definitely I've noticed the difference between because I've had the benefit of being a spectator in japan mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then got to see that yeah got to see that at karakuen hall i've had the benefit of fighting in hawaii and being a spectator in hawaii uh -huh, uh -huh. and then fighting here and then being a spectator here oh. and then fighting in tijuana <laughs> and being Ooh. a spectator in tijuana <laughs> It's levels to, you know what I mean? Totally like, different, yeah, yeah different the, places. The appreciation and the consumption of, of uh, it's just funny too, I think about it like, like Hawaii, like I'd say like 2005, 2006 mm -hmm. is about where I feel like MMA, some places are here. Um, one thing that was always cool about fighting in Hawaii was that like you're, you'd, you'd go to these shows and you'd see kids. You know what I mean? Like it was like it's like a family outing. You know, like there's all these gyms that have like you know so and so and so and so son daughter or whatever, mm -hmm. and like uh, and then you get here and it's like because it's like kind of similar to what you're talking about how it was like like you guys were only legal in, in Augustus, Georgia. Mm -hmm. Some of the places before, except recent acceptance by athletic commissions, uh -huh. like you, um, it wasn't it wasn't legal, so it's like. Or it'd be on some place where it's like twenty one and up, you know, yeah, and they got like yeah, yeah. the heavy metal playing and it's like a whole different vibe to uh -huh, uh -huh. what it was. No, not a kid atmosphere. No, yeah. no yeah. kids there, you know, like the ring girls are like uh half naked. Yeah, half naked, <laughs> almost naked, you know what I mean? Eye patch naked, whatever, you know. And then you know, like Hawaii it's like they're a little bit more tasteful, you know. Uh -huh, like, they, uh -huh. like yeah, they got the bikini top on, but they got the grass skirt on. It's like Yeah, a, yeah, it's a more Hawaiian y, yeah. 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 It's playing it up or whatever. Shout out to TJ from Super Brawl. Yeah, <laughs> TJ. <laughs> um just 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 kinda like thinking about like the difference. Oh, one thing I wanna talk to you about, like especially so like one of um not one of them, but a few of my friends now are getting into this whole bare knuckle fighting thing. Yeah, whatever. yeah. Um, having fought technically bare knuckle, uh -huh. <laughs> um, like what? What are what are some of your thoughts? What are some of your thoughts on? I like it. Fight? Yeah, I yeah. like it. I mean, in the old school type of thinking, that's ultimate. Yeah. The new school type of thinking, longevity of the fighters is not a very good thing. Yeah, yeah. But as far as uh, you know, the reason why. I got into the sport was about the hand to hand combat yeah. and testing yourself against another human being, yeah. regardless of weight class. Yeah, yeah. The I always wanted the least rules, the least equipment. Yeah. So for me, I wanted uh, my whole optimal fight would be walking into the ring, bare fisted, no f shoes, no gloves, no time limit, no sizes. Right, right. So for me, as that type of type of fighter. 
it's such an awesome thing. Yeah, yeah. But of course, nowadays it's a sport. Yeah. Yeah. I so I think a lot of the fighters not going to get into it because of that. Yeah. But yeah, I guess you know you see the guys that are getting into it, like Hector Lombard, Chris Lieben, Phil yeah. Baroni. A lot of these fighters are those fighters that are even those back old then. school guys. Yeah. yeah. You see the mentality. And I think you know even Diesel, Joe Diesel. I think a lot of the guys that you're going to be coming into this is the hardcore dudes. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to have no sports fighter going that's, into the bare knuckle. That's so. the guys you that's the guys that had those those legends, those even outside the ring legends that were attached to yeah, going yeah. into the ring, you know, back in the day. Like, yeah. oh yeah, I heard so many stories about you. I, this was made for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Type situation. One reason I wanted to ask you about that is because I remember a specific situation back at Graphic Unlimited. Um, I don't even remember who it was, but someone came to interview you. And then, um, so I'm just going to tell a story from my, my perspective. Okay. <laughs> um, someone came to interview you and they were like uh, trying to roll with you or whatever. Uh -huh. And like, um, I think somebody said something about rolling, uh, doing Valetio rules with just like open hand slap. This is like, a, like the guy trained, you know what I mean? But I was like, Oh, this would be kind of cool, you know, and like, like you're like rolling <laughs> with them, and like you're at like not even like not even punching like at all, you know, uh -huh. but just like just kind of like open here, open there, open here, and like this guy's like, psh, psh, psh. I'm like <laughs> holy crap, you know what I mean? Like it's like, and I asked Garrett about, it, I was like, yo, how does he do that crap? Like it's like, oh yeah, he like does like hand conditioning stuff. Uh, like, oh yeah, like, yeah, holy crap, I need to do some hand conditioning <laughs> stuff. <laughs> like 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 grabbing rice and i think barrett still does it today yeah? Yeah, yeah 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 that's something that he he does and something that like i like i try to do i'm not you know i can't even say i'm consistent at it but yeah like, yeah it helps with i've i found that it actually helps with ghee you know like mm -hmm. just having like if you want if you want you got someone's back and you want that collar you know, like if your hand is hard, and you yeah, put it on the jaw, grind line, it through, you yeah. Get that yeah. Side, you know, but where if you've got the piano player hand, yeah, maybe not so much. Um, where did you get that from? Was that something that was like always well, like a part of your regimen, or was that no? I uh, um, I remember um, breaking my hand. Oh, okay. And then the guys who have the toughest hands, the karate guys. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I actually went to a karate dojo. Yeah. And asked them how to strengthen their hands. Okay. And they showed me. Okay. So yeah, one was the rice. Yeah. 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 So they would uh, have a, a a garbage bin full uh -huh. of rice. Yeah. And they'd stick their shove their hand in as deep as they can. Yeah. And it's go close open. Yeah. And shove it out. So it'd be pretty much be going boom, boom, yeah. boom. But you'd be open, close, open, close, open, close. Yeah. That's one of the drills. And the other drill they had was a had you hit your hand on it's almost like a a, like a little Makibara? canvas bag yeah it's like yeah. or a canvas bag filled with sand yeah and so you hit it this angle uh -huh. you hit it this angle you hit it this angle uh-huh hit it open palm uh-huh and then close fist oh and what happens is it it, it, help, it creates a you know how you tape your hands yeah, yeah. because all these bones and is like a real fragile here yeah so if you hit it wrong these bones can easily snap yeah yeah so what that is is we tape our hands to hold it together so the bones are more secure. Yeah, yeah. So when you do that, it creates a little meat around your hand yeah. where it's, um, you should feel how. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you it's just got, actually got it in a little soft. Yeah. Thing, but it, it, it's almost like a little, given the thickness of the hand, you can see how 
It's, it's like it kind of creates a little like a, a little like you already have taper on your hands. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I can feel that when you close your hand, like the tightness of yeah, it's all tight. It feels like it's, it's gonna like rip the skin. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like way more compact. And you know what's cool about that? You know how you um you lift weights, but you get a little pump, but you don't get the like exhausted. Yeah, or you do abs, and the yeah. weights are not a good example. Abs. Yeah, yeah. You can't see shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but this is something more exciting because. When you when you do a circuit of that, yeah, your hands actually feel tighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess from the just from the trauma of doing what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. It, like I, I if I do like when we were at the military base this last week, they had like this little um, sand filled thing that is for stick fighting. Yeah, to yeah. Hit the sticks on. Yeah. I started hitting my hands on it. Oh wow. And then yeah. I would do like a, a the 10, 10, 10, 10, 10 on each side. Yeah, yeah. And 10 on each side. And I walk into the mats and I feel I can feel the tightness of my hand. It yeah. felt so good, man. So that this reminded me I gotta start doing that again. I wanna start doing it again. Yeah, I, I definitely like now that you said that, I'm gonna go get a bag of sand. Yeah, you <laughs> know what it is too? Bag. Don't push your limit. Yeah, yeah. Because especially this one, when you hit your hand on, the on this one, yeah. there's a pain that you can't comprehend. Right. It's almost like it's hurting your bone. Yeah, yeah. It's a weird ass pain, the pain when you hit up here. Yeah. But just do it till you can handle. Yeah. And you 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 acquire the the to learn the pain. Yeah. And it won't be as freaky. Yeah, yeah. So it, I would go one here, just just you know ten, and go as hard as you can. Yeah. Like if it's too hard and you're gonna be pulling back, just just go as hard as you can. Yeah. And and believe me, as you do it, you get harder and harder. Do it for like a couple of weeks. Yeah. One of your friends come by. Yeah. Show them and have them do it. Yeah. And then you realize how hard you're hitting it. Oh wow. Because then when they do it, they'll be like. They'll hit one, boom, and like, oh, and then hit, hit, hit nine more. They'll be like, oh, they'll be just tapping it. Yeah. And then they see you do it, and you're like, pop, pop, pop. And it's not, it for you, you're you're still not pushing your limit. Right, right. <clears throat> you could go harder. Yeah. But you're just doing to what your limit is. And yeah. you, you little do you know that your limit has increased incredibly. Yeah. <clears throat> Compared to how it was when you started. I'm about to when you see me, I'm gonna have these big rock hands, <coughs> like a bunch of bananas spray painted brown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah! <coughs> but that's good though, man. You know, like when you shake certain guys' hands. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh. That's it. You feel that freaking like, whoa! This guy's fucking hands are hot. <laughs> what does he do for a living? <coughs> He's done some work with those hands. You know, yeah. that's like some some hands that put in the time. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's all kinds of stuff that comes from that too. It's like I've seen like. I don't know if it was e either you or from Egan that got, but like, like say like you say like you're in the clinch, right? And uh -huh. then like instead of, you can't get enough space here, <coughs> like throwing it and then wrapping it around the backside. <coughs> yeah, that's how we punch it. Landing with this part, this right, the yeah. blade. Yeah, so I do it with Nogueira. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's you know. What I mean? <coughs> it actually works. Yeah, yeah that's the, those things. Those things. You know what I mean? Curated little details. And that know? way, you know, that way, what happens too, as far as, as martial arts. Your hand, like the normal person thinks the only way to punch is here. Yeah, just the two knuckles. I mean, fuck, you just hold this and all of a sudden this becomes a weapon. Yeah. You close your fist, this is a weapon. Yeah. So like you hammer got, fist? Yeah, hammer fist. And then fist, back side? Back hands. <laughs> to the back of the wrap around the head. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, 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 those, those key little details are just things that people, yeah. as it becomes more of a sport, get. You know, get lost in the mix a little so bit. So you're increasing a, the fist being a weapon of one-sided to four-sided. Yeah. 
Heck yeah, heck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, you know, especially with like some of the um stuff the guys are doing, especially like, graphing wise, like yeah. doing the um the combat um um what is it called? Eddie Bravo's thing. He's got the um Oh combat jujitsu. Combat jujitsu. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's another one that I see I'm like, Oh, I would love to <laughs> love do that. To do but that. you know, my body's so busted up right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. People I've, understand that. You don't understand it when you're young. <laughs> when people say that, you know, a lifetime of, you know, this type of, like, training and testing, you know. Especially in that old school days. <laughs> yeah. Work Before we it. knew what was happening. Recovery happened. didn't mean. Yeah. Recovery, when you had to recover, mean you. Were, we thought it was meaning you're a pussy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you mean you mean going to sleep? <laughs> I mean, sprained finger? You gonna rest today? Fuck that! Tape it up. You got ten fingers. What you bitching about? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You got ten more. (laughs) Fuck that! (laughs) Oh, look at this! There we go. All right. This is proof of old school training right here. Old school training. (laughs) The fingers. They don't even. They don't even. You know what I mean? Like put my fingers on. Looks like an alien just naturally. Bro, you see Barrett's hands? Hey, Barrett's are Barrett's like a human gecko, man. It's like. Like and that's all from choking people. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Choking people. Um. So uh, let me think. What else do you? What I mean. So we've talked about. Um. Talked about a little bit of old school days. Um. We talked about. Oh. Another thing. I remember when. <laughs> I remember. So you talked about the bins you had in Hawaii. I remember when I first got there. Like, uh-huh. first of all. If anyone's seen, watching this, never been to Japan and may potentially be an ogre like myself, <laughs> Japan is not a place of ogres. Japan is a place of people <laughs> that are like normal size. <laughs> Most people are like normal size. Uh-huh. Ogres are like strange. <laughs> like it's not like the houses are smaller. Everything is smaller. <laughs> yes. The cars, cars, the cars, the the portions of food, portions of food, drink sizes, (laughs) everything's smaller. So much more tiny. And I remember (laughs) when I got there, and I, so I was like, he's got a Benz. Like (laughs) to put that in context, I mean, in America, everything is like bigger, you know. Yeah, yeah. And Japan, it's not that way. You know, people have like these small tiny little cars that get made over there that don't even make it over here because we need everything ginormous um and here he is he had you had a benz and you had uh a driver uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. had a driver i'm like yo he is a this level here he's a whole nother level um i remember you had us go to an internet cafe and you he sent you sent us with um with the driver to the internet cafe while uh-huh. you got, while it was you and Phil Baroni were working out. Oh, we're like, oh, okay. go to the internet cafe. Okay. And we took the driver. And the driver pulls out this wad of yen. And he's like, internet, internet, internet. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. I don't even know what if I got myself into. He's like, oh, man. You know? Um, that yeah, this is just one of the just one of the many things that I just remember. The memories, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, let, let's 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 talk about the vice stuff oh vice yeah that's... how was working for vice and how, like how did you get into that to begin with like they just uh contacted me they wanted oh. to um 
they wanted to get into the underworld scene. Yeah, yeah. And they heard that I was a guy to talk to. Okay. Yeah, they came up to me. They asked me about um, Kyushu is where I have a big group of guys. Yeah. You know, the Yamatamashi Ichizoku, the family. Ichizoku, so yeah. So there's a Kyushu guys. There's a whole bunch of guys there that I've known from, must have been like 10 years ago. Yeah, And yeah. I've seen them grow from like five guys to like hundreds of guys. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they, they asked me, and they're already in touch with one of them. They... Asked them to talk to me. Yeah. And it was pretty much, if I told them to do it, they would do it. Yeah, yeah. So Vice asked me what they wanted to do, and then um, they flew me down. They paid me a real good salary. Yeah, yeah. And we got it set up. And a lot of the stuff, they, you know, there was some stuff they wanted to stage. Oh, wow. So that's yeah, what yeah. kind of disappointed me about Vice. You know, yeah, Vice, yeah. you look at it as a... Then, then a lot of times now when I watch Vice, I'm like, was that stage? Was that part stage? You know? Yeah, yeah. Because they wanted us to stage stuff. Yeah. And some of them, the guys were okay with it. Some of them they didn't want to do. So yeah. Um, it was a, uh, it was a neat experience because they, the Vice goes, they go, they go hardcore on everything. Yeah, yeah. And they went and uh, they went and partied with the guys. And, oh, that's rad. <laughs> yeah, they went and partied at strip joint with the guys. Yeah. They went and out drinking with the guys. Yeah. And me and the, one of the guys actually thought of playing a joke on them uh-huh. and getting them kidnapped. <laughs> I, mean, them right. I mean, and we would have, and we would have done it to, we've done it before. Yeah, yeah. And we would have done it to a point where they, they would have been feared for their life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, we did, we talked about it. We kind of laughed about it. But after the whole shoot was done, we, we should have done it. That would have been this cool. So they might have so even fun. used it because, yeah, you know, Vice, yeah. they like that kind of crazy yeah. shit, huh? Yeah. But yeah, it was an experience because <clears throat> Vice. Um, it was it was interesting with Vice was they didn't give a shit. Yeah. You like when the cops came? Yeah, yeah. They kept rolling. Yeah, yeah. Those guys, the the film guys, had balls, man. Yeah, yeah. And even the cops said, "Don't you cannot film. Put the camera away." The like, guy okay. would, the guy would put it. Filming. Yeah, he yeah he would kind of put it down, but and he would be filming from the bottom. Yeah, yeah. And then the cop would catch him to turn it off, and they, but they by all means they would do it. Yeah. Hey, yeah, Lucas, what's up? What's, what's up? what's going on? Not much. <laughs> this, okay. this is Lucas. <laughs> hey, Gizmo. I heard about Gizmo, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck, man. All right, I want you guys to get to your podcast. What was that? What was that? All right, all right. <laughs> but yeah, so the so the Vice guys, is, um, what, what was I saying before that? You're talking about Vice guys um, kidnapping them? <laughs> yeah, okay, we're thinking kidnapping them. And then... Um, well, it was really interesting because um, we, the the guys back there, they had like this thing about um, the how they get notoriety in the gang. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and because a lot of these guys are martial artists or yeah. they trained, yeah, they thought that you know, a street fight would be the best way, like a yeah. con- controlled street fight. Yeah, yeah. So they would go to a property of land that was a private owned property. Yeah, yeah. One of their friends, and the cops couldn't go there. Right. So it was weird because when we went there, the vice guys were kind of freaking out because yeah. we went there. They had to like take off padlocks, off chains, off gates, yeah, yeah, and then get into a place, take off another chain, and then go into this onto this bridge in the middle of the of this freaking open land, yeah, because they they liked it in the open because if if the cops ever tried to get in, they would see, see them see right them away and they'd be gone, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they, the 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 lights of the ring was their their car lights. Car lights. Yeah. They turn on their car. They put in a circle, <laughs> and they had an all out scrap, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know they they the only the the thing that they wanted to traumatize dramatize with the vice is they wanted to have a coin. 
yeah like you win the money you know oh yeah and yeah, they yeah. wanted to they had them say they wanted to say if they could they say that they bet yeah, yeah. They never placed bets. Yeah, they yeah. never fought for money. So, yeah. so I didn't like it because I felt like it was giving the wrong impression that these guys are about monetary shit. Like a false narrative. Yeah, but yeah. these guys are totally about just the honor. Yeah. Fighting and showing his toughness yeah. to get a rank in the gang. Right, right. And Which should be enough. But yeah. vi- the guys that are doing Vice, they wanted to have that little bit of a intriguing thing about, oh, but if it's, there's betting. It's like that underworld, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Trying to play it up a little bit too yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you know, it was it was a, it was a real interesting experience. And you know those vice guys, man. Like I said, they're hardcore. Yeah, yeah. There's a in Kyushu. There's this uh, yakuza group called the Kodokai. Uh-huh. It's one of the most powerful groups, and and the yakuza demeanor in Japan is a fact. The more south you go, the more violent they are. Yeah, yeah. And so we're down in Kitakyushu, which is almost the southern part of Japan. Yeah. So these guys are violent guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shooting people right in front of the, the in the restaurant. You know, right. they don't give a shit. Yeah. So they actually set up a meeting with three of the top Kodokai guys. And these guys are at the... In the they're smashed now. Yeah, yeah. They're in the process of the police trying to smash them down. Oh, wow. Yeah, going for every single person person in the yeah, gang they yeah. closed down their office that they had in the town yeah my guys are not yakuza's yeah my guys were gangsters yeah yeah so they didn't they didn't like the way the yakuza run the thing where you know like um the yakuza group is if something happens the boss gets insulted he sends the younger guys to take care of it right right the gangsters are different they run it like me yeah, yeah. where if the, my guy has a problem the top dog is going He's to going take to care of it. Yeah, I'm going to go. Yeah. My boy is going to, you know, protect me. I'm going to protect my boys. You know right, what I mean? right, right. So the, the, that's the reason why those gangsters didn't like to go into Yakuza because all of a sudden they got to take care of their boss, but the boss don't do shit for them. Right, right. Where there's there's a hierarchy in the gangs and they recognize the boss, but they all take care of each other. Right, right. Yeah. So, so these guys, um, they didn't like that. Yeah, so, well, anyway, they... When I was, they heard I was going to go. Yeah. They refused to let me go. Yeah. So they told me, we don't want you to go. And then I was like, you know, I'm, I'll be okay. They said, no, 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 we don't want you to go. They don't, they don't think it's safe for me to go. Yeah. So they actually, um, they actually went up to the vice guys and totally straight up told them the ensign's not going. Yeah. And they picked me up, took me out of the hotel <laughs> and then and took me out on the town. So that I wouldn't be around. Oh, wow. Yeah. But <laughs> how's this? The vice guys actually went to it. Yeah, yeah. They went there. They got three hours of interview from these guys. Oh, sick. Okay. Yeah. They're driving back. On the halfway back to their hotel, they got a call from the Yakuza. Uh-huh. They changed their mind. I, it's like, I know you got three hours of interview, but yeah. don't play that shit. No. <laughs> they said, they sent two guys to see go them yeah took three hours to erase it all they had to wow. erase it right in front of them something oh, wow. happened that yeah. they decided they didn't want it out oh wow and then so it's so funny because i have videos of it too the the the, the vice guys who went to eat after that yeah the head guy was literally pouting like a little baby because he the i mean not having the material but having, having it, it and, and having losing it. it. Yeah, that's the... He was like, literally like, this is fucked up. I mean, we got super good... You know, like, you saw the episode, right? Yeah, yeah, That yeah. was minus what they had. But yeah. he totally was like... 
it's fucked up. The the voice is not gonna want this story now because we lost everything now. Like yeah, he just lost that raw unreal part that he had. But, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so that was that's how they went to the guy's house. Yeah, they could have e- easily not never came back. Dude, I've seen <laughs> Vice do stuff that I'm like, yo. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah. I've seen him do like go to Afghanistan or yeah, like talk yeah. to Taliban members. Yeah. I'm like, Vice y'all got some like freaking that, man. balls on yep. you, you know? Like you are like like literally sitting down asking like a top like 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 ISIS cleric. Yeah, you know, like why do you guys use young boys for um to fight the wars? Like yeah, that. yeah, <laughs> for suicide bombs. You know, like you guys gotta stop doing that. Like, and he's like, no, we're not gonna stop doing that. I'm like. Yo, <laughs> that dude just said he's not gonna stop using young boys for suicide, and you sitting right there in front of him, like, <sighs> like it's cool, <laughs> like he couldn't just like you know like cough and you know <laughs> comes in and cut your head off, you know like yeah they they definitely go so that's one reason why I wanted to ask you about that because that yeah. have to be a very interesting experience. That was an interesting well. experience, and then um they wanted me to do another one with the gang, you know the gangster fights. Yeah, yeah. But they wanted to me to collab with Moreira. Oh. And I don't like Moreira. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, yeah. in one of his gangster I used to do security for his gangster fights. Yeah. And I used to do a speech before the fight to the gangsters about how being tough isn't riding in the events. It's right. being tough is showing your strength to accept that this is a sport and right. your 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 older brother got beaten up, but don't yeah. you got to control that. Right. So he, because I had the respects of the gangsters, he wanted me to make a speech, which I did. Yeah. And he wanted me to be security because they had a lot of guys in security. Right. But whenever there was like a deep problem, yeah, the security guards be there, but they could run and call me. Yeah, yeah. Because I would have to go and talk to them. Yeah. So... What, there was an event where he, his whole event was always in uh, um, Tokyo. Yeah. He decided to have an event in Osaka, but that's another territory. Yeah. And there was these guys called Suomono that was already doing events. Yeah. So when they came in, they called me into a meeting the night before the event because they knew I was in town for security. Yeah. And they told me they're going to have to, they have face to save. Yeah, yeah. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, we hadn't, he didn't call us or even let us know he's coming to our territory. Oh wow! He said we're gonna have to set an example. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, you guys understand I'm security, and I gotta stop whatever happens. He goes, yes. So that's why we're letting you know. Yeah. We're gonna come in and we're gonna attack him. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, you know, I see your guys' point. You guys make sense, okay? So my agreement with them was that I'm gonna stop them, and I'm gonna let them do things to a certain point, and then I'm gonna have to stop them. Yeah, yeah. So we let him get to my head, rip his sweater, everything, and then. And then I, then that's when I got in, and I and I started grabbing him and backing him away. Yeah, Maeda put his tail between his legs and ran to the back. So Bro. these guys were like, "Okay, you run away, your fucking events closed." We we're like on the third fight. Yeah. So these gangsters are sitting on their ring, ones in their ring, lying down on purpose, making like it's his living room. Yeah. So the fans, everybody's there. All the fighters are ready to fight. And it's on pause. No one knows what to do. So the, one of the security guys comes to me and I said, where's my Eddie? He's in the room. I said, tell him he needs to talk to these guys. Yeah. He can't run away because these guys ain't leaving. Yeah, yeah. These guys live in Osaka. They don't give a shit. They'll stay here all night. Yeah, yeah. And then and then so the guy comes back and says, Amara refuses to come out. He's scared. I'm like, oh, come on, bro. And make this public. <laughs> right? I think he acts like he's a badass, but yeah. he was scared shitless and ran in the back. These guys are half his size. Yeah. 
So I'm like, okay, wait a minute. So I walked to one of the guys, the head guy was this guy called Sap. His name was Sap. So I went up to Sap and I told him, hey, dude, you know, I know you don't like my head. I know you got to show a point. I said, but you're a fighter. Yeah. He's used to fight in the gangster fights. Yeah. I said, but what about these fighters that are going to fight and you, you're kind of screwing them now? And these are all other gangsters. Because yeah. what is certain, certain support such an asshole? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's true. I said, but the fact that they're here and they're, you're kind of bumming them up. I said, let's go talk to them. And he goes, okay. I said, but you got to promise me that you're not going to touch him. Yeah, yeah. I said, give me your word. And in Japan, it, it works that it way. It works, yeah. They give me their word. I pretty much 99% they're not going to do it. Yeah. So give me your word that you're not going to touch him. Okay. Yeah. Touch him. So we went in the back. We stood there. Maeda sat. Table in the middle. It got heated to a point where sat overturned the table, but didn't touch him. Yeah, and I'm standing there watching the whole thing. I should have recorded everything, but I stand there watching the whole thing. My head is on the total sweep. I said, "Sweep." I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I should have. I should have gone. How do I get in touch with you? I said, "Go through Ensign. Call Ensign. Let us know. We'll talk to you. We we'll let it okay." Yeah. All we wanted is the respect of you telling us Saying that you're coming into you your town. In. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So my head goes and he starts bowing, saying, "He says sorry." Shakes out his hand and says, "I'm sorry." Yeah. Sat goes, shakes his hand. Yeah. He's satisfied. From now on, if you come into our turf, call us. Yeah. Okay, good. They leave. Yeah. They thank me for settling. Okay, good. We're done. Event goes. Event goes great. We go into the back, and there's a like huge meeting in the corner with yeah. Maya and the guys. I'm not those guys. His guys. Yeah. I'm standing there. I'm looking at the one of the referees, the guy, Wada, the ball hitter wrestler. He had refs almost everything in Japan. Yeah, yeah. I was, Wada, what's up? He goes, oh, I don't know. He's talking about going to the police. Yeah. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, he cannot go to the police. Yeah. There was an agreement made. They shook on it. Yeah. He goes, oh, but he's saying something about the sponsors are insisting that he goes to the police because you know, the sponsors sponsor the event and they see it get disrupted like yeah. that. Yeah. So I went up and I talked to my I said, you know, you understand that you cannot go to the police. Yeah, this is gangster fights. Yeah. Like, you got gang- a certain... You got you know, you know, you know, you know, the law is the law, but you got the gangster yourself. etiquette, yeah, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I advise him not to and yeah. tell him that, you know, if you do, I can't help you anymore. Yeah, yeah. He went to the police. He pressed uh, charges on him. Yeah. So what happened with that is I, it was, I, I felt he understood that I'm not going to help him anymore with the security. Yeah. Um, the next event he had was like a month later he calls me yeah not him one of his guys calls me and goes um Marla would like to know if you can make it to do security at this event and i said i said do you guys you put me in yeah no yeah so i told i told him can you relay a message to maeda ask him is he either fucking stupid yeah. or is he trying to cause trouble with me yeah i said it's one or the other yeah and ask him that and call me back. They never call me back. Yeah. So I never did ever go to a gangster fight again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's cool because it's like you don't want to put yourself in that type of line of Yeah. Fire. Oh, yeah. No way. And then so that's what happened with Vice. Is Vice asked me that. Like if you break your word, that's one thing. Yeah. But if you force me to be alongside you because you broke your word, then. Yeah. Yeah. You break your. you. you I, I go and me. help you through like a situation <laughs> that you're begging for help with. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I use my face to make agreement. Okay, we will bury it right here, shake hands, done. And then you don't bury it? Yeah. It's my face too, yeah? So, you know, so the Vice guys wanted me to do a special on the gangster fights. Yeah. With Maeda. Yeah. 
I'm like, oh no. So I told them, if you guys gonna go at my era, I yeah. said I cannot help you. Yeah, yeah. And that's the last I heard of the vice. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard back from them since, so yeah. maybe they decided to go at somewhere. I don't know, but yeah, yeah, that was the reason why. Um, I think my by I did three episodes with Vice and we yeah. did it where like punk rock against yeah the punk rock yeah that the, one um, and then the the hip hop guy yeah, yeah yeah we did I did three of them with them and it was it was fun got paid well and you know I actually got I walked through LA airport I actually get guys come up to me you're the Vice guy I seen you from Vice yeah, yeah it's like yeah. not they don't have no idea who I am as a fighter but yeah. you're the Vice guy <laughs> I had I must have had like maybe four or five people come up yeah. in the last since I did the Vice. And they put they put it like on their channel too, you know. It's yeah, like up yeah. on TV, like oh, I'm saying, yeah, yeah, I know yeah. him, I know him. Yeah, vice. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I wanted to do more work with them. Yeah, but um, they haven't called they me back since then. Can't put you in a bad then. situation. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Can't yeah. compromise that. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, what what? So besides Hawaii Five O, mm -hmm. besides um, the Destiny Forever bracelets. Uh -huh. Besides uh, just your general presence on social media, um, what 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 do you have on your horizon? What are, what are you what are you looking at? Um, right now, um, I'm in the I'm third year helping with the training of the Navy SEALs. Oh, sick! Yeah, and <laughs> that I'm really really intrigued in. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's something that. Uh, they're fighting the real war. Right, right. And if I can't go, yeah. By all means, if I can, if anything that I can do will help them survive or complete the mission, right. I, I'd, I'd love to do it. Yeah. And I'm getting the opportunity from Lucas. Yeah. To be a part of it. Yeah. I'm still new to it. Chris Lee and them been doing it a lot longer. Yeah. Chuck, Chris, and you know Chuck and Chris been doing it a lot longer. Yeah. So I'm just still assisting them. Yeah. But I'm really intrigued with it. Yeah. And I'm gonna I'm as long as Lucas and have the contract for it. I wanna I'm gonna be coming out every time they have a course, which is, I think two, twice a year. Yeah. 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 So is it, is it? So that's one thing that I'm really looking forward to learning myself yeah and because you know as far as the grappling side of course you can't teach them jiu-jitsu right right you, and it's good because my style is kind of in their way you know it's right, like right. i don't know if this is illegal or not but in yeah. there no but nothing's illegal yeah yeah, yeah. so you can't teach them jiu-jitsu so we got to kind of chris has chris really did a good job in refining it to something that's real applicable yeah you're not going to do like an arm bar or triangle on the, yeah. on the in the in the field yeah so yeah. he's refined it really good but the only thing I did find was missing was the weapons. Yeah, yeah. The holster and the rifle, especially. Right, yeah, yeah. Like when when they were doing the we did when they're doing the full kit where they're they're sparring with the rifles. Right. I'm there watching them, but because I don't have experience right. and I've never pressure test anything. Yeah. All I can do is watch them spar and say, wait, wait. And I noticed my words were different because I was before I would tell them what they can and cannot do on the yeah, ground. Yeah. But then that touch, I was like, you know what? What about if when they're grabbing the rifle, you know how they're grabbing the rifle and they're trying to wrestle the rifle away? Right, right. They got a strap around their neck. Yeah, yeah. So when I was watching them do it, I was thinking, you know, instead of having to start to stabilize a rifle so they can't get it, as long as it's strapped around your neck, they can't get the rifle. Right, right. So is it a better way to maybe instead of holding the rifle to you, just reinforcing it down so the strap gets tighter. It's tighter so you can't yeah, pull so it away. 
but that's even a guess, you know, yeah, because yeah. I don't know. I yeah, just yeah. see it, and I actually put on the rifle and had them yeah. do it, and yeah. it worked. Yeah. Putting the pressure down, they couldn't get it on. So yeah. it, all I had to do was make sure the, the rifle wasn't pointing at my feet in any right, way. Right, right, right. In case it did. Or, or discharge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So and, and pulling it down, you're also creating it where it's pointing it down so you're not dangering anyone in the room in case yeah. they fired it around. You know? Yeah, yeah. So I just felt really, I'm helping them, but I didn't feel like, 100% confident that I knew what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. So I even talked to one of the head guys in the office, and I said, you know, if in the next course, if I were to come in a week early, is there a way I could get the weapons get the to weapons spar with? To, he yeah, said, I'll drive them yeah. down to the arena for you myself. That's awesome. Yeah, and yeah. I talked to Chris, and Chris expressed the same thing. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, we do need to learn more about what we can and cannot do without with the weapons. Specific. And I, for and that, I that, yeah, and I so I told Chris, you know, with our martial arts background yeah we can bring up different ideas and better ideas yeah. on what we can do on the ground you know like i noticed i did some sparring with the holster and the, with the police in in portland yeah and i noticed <clears throat> when you're sparring position 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 but yeah. as soon as you feel someone touch your gun That's fuck all everything. position yeah everything. all gun 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 yeah, gun yeah. yeah so you even if i'm here and he's on this side he's touching my gun yeah I, I mean, I mean, I mean, he's on. I see. I'm he's on this side, touching my gun. Yeah. The basic thing you want to do when I found in the sparring is put your gun to the ground or to the wall. Yeah. Press it up against it so yeah. you can't get it out. So, although jujitsu, I'm turning my back yeah. to you. But it's like you got another. There's a little card. little things that jujitsu okay, yeah. but if he's grabbing your gun, gun? no. Yeah. Weapons retention. And that's what me and Chris got to learn. Yep. Yeah. And then the rifle is a whole new story. Yeah. So they can choke you with the rifle. Yeah. They can, you know, it's all different things. So unless we spar, like I want to get put on the holster and me and Chris try to take it away from each other. Yeah, yeah. We go with the weapon, the gun, the rifle, yeah. and the way you strap it. Like a lot of guys, they don't like, they, they strap only around the neck because it's more mobile that we can switch arms. Yeah, yeah. And you can spin the rifle around. Yeah. But if they have it around their arm, there's only one way they can shoot. Yeah, yeah. So that we need to play around with yeah um the biggest thing for them is not getting the rifle taken away because yeah. then you do that all your Brothers whole team's gonna be taken down yeah. you know you're gonna the whole team yeah. so you know it's like for me if i i believe if i come in a week with your friend uh, before one hour a day me and chris get together and we spar yeah, with the yeah. things yeah. we'll figure shit so out oh yeah we'll yeah. figure yeah. <coughs> We're all in a head start because a lot of the movements on the wall and the ground, we, we've already perfected those things. Yeah, yeah. It's just now adding a little bit element in it. Okay, but what if we have this now? Yeah. And the rest, 90% of the shit was already embedded in our soul. Yeah, yeah. Just this new element we got to figure out. But these guys are coming in with hardly any grappling. Right. And then they got their rifle. Yeah. And then they're trying to figure it all out at one at time. At one time, you yeah. know. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm excited about that. That's super awesome. So yeah, as far as my future, yeah, that 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 I want to be a big part of. I want to, even if it, yeah, even if I did it for free, man, I yeah. do it. Yeah. So that's one thing. The other thing is Destiny Forever. I'm um the bracelets are really helping people. Yeah, yeah. And I want to be able to. I believe my life. I was put on this earth to help people be of service yeah and i the fame that i got in martial arts allows me to help people yeah, yeah. the fame that my martial arts allowed me to go to the 
the tsunami areas right and get in and bring supplies nobody yeah. can do that yeah you gotta you gotta go to a government office yeah. if you bring supplies personally you gotta drop it off at a supplies place you yeah. never get to see the people i remember i remember i don't even know what gym it was it was you and phil baroni uh-huh. <laughs> and um it was me and todd and todd had another one's buddies in the in the foreign uh language exchange program uh-huh. that was with us and you guys were like we're about to do a circuit um you guys want protein drinks and I remember um, we went up there, and it was like some sort of like it might be like the Japanese equivalent of a twenty-four hour fitness. Yeah, at all the machines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were like, they were, and like they were just kicking people out, kicking people out. And the guys were walking past us. I remember the dude that was with us, the uh-huh. for his friend from Japan, who was like language exchange. Uh-huh. He's fr- he's Japanese national, and uh-huh. he's learning English. Uh-huh. Um, he's like looking at the guys walking by, and and Todd is like is like. Who was that? He's like, he's like, oh, that guy. He's a famous baseball player. Yeah, yeah. There's all famous. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. guy. Oh, uh, soap opera star. And he just literally just like kicked all these people out. So you don't feel Veroni could do your circuit routine. I was like, yo, I am <laughs> in a whole different level. <laughs> and so, and especially in Japan too, it's like a whole different level. The level of propriety and everything that. Well, you watch that team. circuit that we did? Yeah, yeah. I was like, we pretty oh. much take up half the gym, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we got to clear out to move to the circuit yeah. stations. Yeah, I was like, yo, these guys. First of all, these guys ain't here playing. Um, second of all, they just kicked out a bunch of like famous people so they could get down. You know, yeah. like yo, this is I have this is a whole nother level <laughs> of like notoriety. You know what I mean? That I'm not accustomed to, so I can only imagine. You know, it's like having that, but then using it for good. You know? yeah, yeah, using yeah, it to be yeah. able to get into those areas and to be able to surface. You know what I mean? Be able to help people out. You know, in a bad situation, not just kind of like donate stuff and then walk away. Like that's. That's like extremely admirable, you know. Yeah. So the the fame that I got to martial arts has helped me being able to do that. You know. Yeah. So I believe like my my calling wasn't being a martial artist. Yeah. Martial arts just helped me create that respect and that fame that allows me to help people. So right. bottom line, I think I'm here to help people. Yeah, yeah. Like the orphans, even the orphans. There's no you you can't go in and bring stuff to orphans like that. Yeah. It's a super disclose. They don't want to disclose orphans yeah, yeah. in Japan. But we're allowed to go. We bring buy shoes for them every year. That's cool. Even the even the tsunami thing, even like, you know, like uh even the bracelets. Yeah. The the bracelets wouldn't be as popular if it wasn't me doing it in Hawaii, you know. Yeah, so yeah. A lot of this stuff. A lot of this stuff that I'm doing that I'm having the opportunity, the the SEALs. I'm yeah. helping the people, you know, helping the SEALs hopefully survive on the field. Yeah. And that's only because who I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, so, it's trippy. Is like I remember back September 11th happened, and like you were like trying to join, <laughs> you were like trying to join the army. I'm like, yo, it's just trying to join the army. Meanwhile, I'm in the navy. I'm like, why would anybody want to do that? <laughs> <clears throat> you know, I had this idea about. I I was 9/11 happened, and the reason why I my next movement was trying to join was because I remember my heart just dropping seeing what happened yeah yeah and then i remember turning off the tv and i remember being in kyoto i remember going to the game center and just totally forgetting and having a great time and laughing going to the hostess club trying to pick up the girls you know having a good time and then going going to my place and i'll sleep hang out and then the next morning wake up something on the news again it's like oh 9-11 oh fuck 
and I felt so fake. Yeah, yeah. I feel like only when I'm singing, I'm feeling this, this. I want to do something. I want to be a part of it. I want to help. And then when I turn off the TV, I felt like, like, well, I'm having a good time. Yeah. And I just felt like something about me. I felt like I'm being so fake that I'm like, okay, so you're really bummed about what happened. The how come you just turn off the TV and you forget about it? Yeah, yeah. and I had a big problem with my wife at the meal. Yeah, she yeah, did yeah. not want me to. She's kind of like, "What about us? What about us?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I know, but what about me? Yeah, to take care of you, I gotta take care of me, you know." Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like, like you know, I didn't go. You know, I, yeah. I went and I was thinking of getting in and being able to fucking kill the terrorists. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. But um. When I went there, I think age, I think I was two years too old. Yeah, yeah. But they made an exception. Yeah. And then it was the tattoos, man. Yeah, yeah. And you know what it was real ironic? The tattoo that I put on because I was planning to go yeah. is the one that stopped that the head of the hands. Yeah. Yeah. It's so trippy how, like, that's a big thing. And, like, even what, now, what the fuck? You're going to war. What going, the, what? You can't have a tattoo on a uniform? Yeah, yeah. Why? It's like yeah. you're going to war and you're going to kill people, man. It's like because I joined in 97. You know, and 97, it wasn't as big of a deal. Uh-huh. Um, but by, like, 2000, they were, like, full on. Like, they just didn't want it. Like, oh, why like, is that? I don't even. It's, like, it doesn't mean the same thing as, like, it used to mean. You know uh-huh. what I mean? It's, it's mo- so many more people nowadays have tattoos and have artwork, you know? It's, like, what are they going to It's, like, what does that even I guess from a certain perspective, like it makes you identifiable. Mm. So if they need you, I guess it looks more clean cut. Yeah, like you're 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 proper. There's that. There's that. And yeah. but then there's also like sometimes they need you to be undistinguishable. You know what I mean? Like that's why. Like if you look at some of the camis, like they have Velcro. Yeah, yeah, take, yeah. T- they need you. Sometimes they need you in a circumstance where no one needs to know who you are. Oh, that's right. Take off the name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> so there's that component of it as well. Mm-hmm. I I can I'm only, but they want you to be like they have their idea of clean cut or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But but you know it was a good thing though. Yeah, because going there and being one of the numbers there, I think I have more impact being alive, and being able to. The philosophy and and I can help more people being alive than going to war and maybe shooting two or three of them and dying. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. So in in a way, as wasn't my uh, ideal sh- road that I had to walk, but yeah. it actually was a better road without knowing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes you need the little hammer to be the tool to, mm-hmm. for sculpting. You, sometimes you need a sledgehammer to just be a sledgehammer for yeah. special occasions. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. 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 You know, you can't, like, you're a sledgehammer. Like, we don't need the sledgehammer doing, you know, chopping off a little bit here and there we need to save you for when we got to bust down the wall yeah <laughs> yes and it's like it's pretty cool it's like thinking back on like from what i understood of you at that time to like to hearing what's going on with you with you working doing defensive tactics with uh special forces now uh-huh. like that's freaking awesome you know yeah <laughs> like yeah so, yeah. Awesome. so we, yeah we are dead like i couldn't go yeah. But I can help the people who are going. Yeah, yeah. Which is awesome, man. Yeah, this is like and something more that... than just like one or two. Mm-hmm. You know? And the elite. Yeah. The, the, elite. the, the boys. The guys that are know? actually going. Yeah. Not like, you know, because myself, like, yeah, I was in. I was in September 11th. I was in the barracks. 
And all I got to do was stand outside of a building and check IDs, you know, like oh, see, it needed different, to be man. done, you know. And you know, I wasn't I wasn't on a ship during that time, you know. Mm-hmm, I was mm-hmm. I was on a shore duty, and my job was basically checking IDs of a building that didn't have windows, like <laughs> you know, like. But still, that's a real important part. Yeah, yeah no, so, not, not that yeah. wasn't important. But it's just that it's like it's like there's it's so not many those, those guys, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so many different ideas, you know. It's funny because I look at those guys and just I, I know that what they're doing is is life changing and, and possibly life ending. Yeah, yeah. But I, I I look at them and just I envy that. Yeah, yeah. I think to myself, I'm a, it's realistic right now. There's no way I'd be able to pass the course. Yeah. But I I think I, I even you know I I even I said who did I tell. I told somebody that, man, if I was younger, this is definitely something I'd want to do. Yeah. Whether I'd pass or be able to make it or not, I don't know, but this is something I would want to do. It's a test. Yeah, yeah, man. It's like the ultimate test, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hear some of the stuff those guys go through, man. I remember my first course I went there, I'm look, walking, looking around the room, that whole, all these guys have passed that test. Yeah. And some of them like look like, like normal guys. Some of them even look a little bit, Little like, prissy. Yeah, yeah. It's like no, they but they passed the test. They got that. They got that demon inside. Yeah, <laughs> like, they got that wild yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or like just uh, just like they just won't stop. Yeah. I remember learning jujitsu back in the day, and like I don't know if it was something that was related to me by either Barrett or by Egan, mm-hmm. but the notion that you could beat somebody two ways, you either beat them, or you could like just outright just over them, just beat them. Or you could beat somebody by just not stopping. Uh-huh, could, uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, like what the heck's wrong with this guy? Ah, you know, like, true, true, true. Like, yeah. So there's different ways you can express that, like that, 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 that. I guess you would say aggression or that, you know, just that, that beast inside. Like, uh-huh. so some of those guys, I'm pretty sure they just. They're those guys that just won't quit. Yeah. <laughs> like you've quit, been up quit is not in their vocabulary. Yeah. It's, it's not an option. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. That's a philosophical thing that I, I you know, I gleaned from you a long time ago. It's mm-hmm. just that, like, like the notion of not tapping, you know, like, it's something that I've always struggled with myself. And mm-hmm. I can't say that I've been in a position where I've never tapped. Mm-hmm. But, to, but to change the mindset from not necessarily not tapping, but to be looking for a way out. Mm-hmm. To never stop looking for a way yeah, out. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So if you perish looking for a way out, you just perish looking for a way out. Yeah. But, yeah. But you yeah. never gave up. Your hand was never like hanging out waiting to tap. Yeah. To they, tap. A lot of people do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what it is? It's uh, it's focus. Yeah. Once you lose focus of what you're trying to do. Yeah. And your focus comes to your arm poppy. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to tap. Yeah. That's a natural human thing to do. So when someone taps, I don't look at them and say, oh, what a fag. Yeah, yeah. I just think, oh, they totally lost focus. They were yeah. beat inside. Yeah, yeah. Here or here. Yeah. Yeah. So like like when my, my arm was popping with hearing, Yeah. it wasn't like my focus didn't go to my arm. Yeah. I didn't think, oh, my arm is popping. What am I going to do? I better do something before my arm breaks. Yeah. I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking the other way. I was thinking, okay, I'm going to hit him with my left hand because... Yeah. Knowing that my, he can hear my arm popping, yeah. but I'm she's still getting jacked in the head from my other hand. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna make him wonder, holy shit! Yeah. I, I gotta leave this arm now. You yeah. know, so and and there's a there's a way that like okay, there's the arm's popping, but once it loosens to a certain point, I might be able to pull it out. Yeah, yeah. After it pops or yeah. breaks, I can pull it out. 
and yeah. I'll be out and I got my other hand, you know. Yeah. So my focus is all on that. Yeah, yeah. Never and losing sight of Yeah, never losing angle. focus on what your your the objective of doing. And not no matter how much pain or how scary it sounds, don't have your focus go, Oh, my fucking elbow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, oh shit, I can't breathe, he's choking me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's choking you. Your objective is to get out and hurt him. He's choking regardless. Get out. So stop. <laughs> so if you're choking, find a way to stop the choke. Yeah. Maybe try to try to try to breathe deeper. Try to turn your head in a certain angle where the, the arteries allowing a little more blood. You know. Yeah. And in the midst of focusing on those things, you go out. Yeah, you know? yeah. So if it yeah. happens, it happens. Yeah. And know. if in the midst of trying to get out of the arm, your arm pops, the ref stops it and breaks your arm, then it all it means is call it stupid or call it severe all it means is you let them lose focus right, right. that's all it is really yeah. it's, it's about being strong in your focus on on continuing to the objective that you are planning from the beginning yeah that's yeah. all it is really yeah so that's all it is when people tap it's because they lost focus and the the the, the focus went on to what's happening to their arm yeah yeah so that's something that yeah like i say it's like it's something that really resonates with me outside of just jujitsu practice just like in just in like in daily life like um <laughs> for sure going through stuff going through different things in your life is everyone the old the adage is life happens you know mm -hmm. and it's it life happens life happens like a motherfucker yep. <laughs> and so many things you can't control right right so the most the best you can do is you can't con guarantee you're going to be alive they can't i can't guarantee i'm going to make it to la on the next plane yeah but all i can do is guarantee that i'll do my very best in everything that i do yeah until that day comes you know yeah, yeah. so that's my belief actually yeah it's just living and dying is like winning and losing right you never you can't control it right so instead of dwelling on whether living you're gonna live or die, just do what you can at the best of your abilities until that day comes. Do the next best right thing. Yep. And before you know it, you walked across Japan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit. One Sixty-eight days, man. Sixty-eight days and twenty pounds later, oh, we completed man. it. Lost twenty pounds on it, man. Without trying now. Wasn't trying to lose weight, but lost weight, man. Man, <laughs> I gotta find. I gotta find somewhere to walk to. <laughs> <laughs> you lost it. I found it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I found it back. Don't worry okay, about it. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got it back. <laughs> um, I think that's. I mean, I think we talked about a whole bunch. Yeah, of I stuff. think we got a lot in, man. Yeah. yeah. Um. Thank you so much for like taking this time out for me. No worries, and, bro. You know, Sunday morning, you know what I mean? A busy schedule. Just I, I really appreciate you doing that for me. Um and then uh what where can people get a hold of you at? Um usually the best way is social media. Right. Either my Facebook or my Instagram. Okay. Just send shoot me a message. And I do I, I personally look at every message. I personally answer any questions that are presented to me okay. i believe in that and in, in being i mean maybe i'm not that big yet that i get like joe rogan got a hundred thousand of them coming in <laughs> so i'm still at that level where i i do personally have to answer everything that's so awesome yeah um so on instagram at instant Inoy. um shit i don't know i think so yeah like, i think so at instant Inoy. and then on facebook 
It's the one that I'm sitting like this. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple there's of a them. Few, there's a couple uh, fake ones yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, the one I'm sitting like this. Little stunt, some stunt yeah. doubles out there. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the real guys. Some fake Anthony Noise yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah. They're out there. If you or see, or destinyforever.com. Destinyforever.com. That's a website. Yeah. You just get to the go to the send the email. And it's either me or Sarah looking at it. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I'll put all the stuff links to everything like in the show notes. Um, again, thank you for. Uh, sitting down with me and just chopping it up a little bit um i hope this helps someone out there as far as their journey and just giving just a little bit of additional perspective from someone who has done uh, leaps and bounds above <laughs> you know what anyone else you know maybe have considered to be possible in and outside of the sport um an indomitable spirit um somebody that is definitely uh something someone to listen to and, and to make corrections about your life and um yeah thank you thank you Ensign. thanks Kong. Thank so always good to see you yeah. and anytime i'm here maybe we can do a second part or whatever oh yeah we'll do for sure as man. long as you're as long as you're down you know i'm I mean? down i'm down man anytime <laughs> you feel that it'll help your you know podcast or we could help even a single person yeah i'm down yeah Thank you so much. Right on, Kong. Right on. Glad you started this. (laughs) 